following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating, Cannonball Alex. I guess if you want to call me that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, we're not sure what happened with Tyler. You know, uh, he may join us, he may not, uh, but we got uh, the two of us here. Let's get real, Alex. The man likes sleep too much. That's <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I, I don't necessarily envy him too much because I'm running on about five hours of sleep, I think, because uh, I was up all night watching the Big Ten championship game. By the way, phenomenal. That's all I got to say about that. You're, you're uh, super excited. I know you are. Um, unfortunately for me, my USC Trojans did not have the uh, equal um, success that Michigan had in their championship game, but that's all right. Big turnaround for USC this year. We'll see what happens next year. But, uh, Alex, man, uh, I got to tell you, we, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend, uh, mm-hmm. or Thanksgiving week. Um, we, we, you know, everybody got to enjoy their turkey and their stuffing and their family time. And, um, you know, being able to, to chill out, watch three NFL games is something extremely special. So mm-hmm. we get to enjoy ourselves a wonderful Thanksgiving week and weekend. But uh, there were still more games to get done after the fact. So over the weekend uh, on Sunday, we had we had the three Thanksgiving games. I know uh, all three of those games, by the way, were phenomenal. Yep. Just want to throw that out there. I had tremendous. Uh, 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 it was they were tremendously successful and very competitive, and I just loved every second of those games. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll we'll be going over those in a minute. And then you know we had some blowouts we didn't have some great offensive performances but there were quite a few running backs stepping up to the plate uh so that was interesting but alex man i'm ready to jump into the scores for week 12 i'm fired up about this week uh are you ready yeah let's get this done i'm excited All all right here are your scores for week 12 in the nfl we'll start out with that bills lions game on thanksgiving bills beat the lions 28 to 25 you know i i just want to point out i think this detroit lions team is the real deal i think they are uh one of those teams that uh man we're going to be talking about in the future here when it comes to teams that are dangerous and teams that can really uh cause a ruckus moving into the playoffs a scary team right now uh and and the way that they're playing ball woo, buddy yeah, watch out because everybody was ta- everybody and their mother was talking about. Well, these Do- these Detroit Lions are going to get run over on Thanksgiving. Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, if it weren't for the 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 arm of Josh Allen and the hands of Stefan Diggs, we could have possibly went to overtime. Yeah, that that game was quite interesting. I I don't know how the Lions blew the coverage. Uh, Josh Allen backed up and and threw an absolute missile. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a dart. Uh, it, it wasn't. It didn't require a whole lot of loft. It was very Dan Marino-esque. Uh, just a bullet over the middle. It was about 40 yards down the field. Diggs makes a great catch uh, right in the middle of the field. Winds up getting basically in field goal range. Calls a timeout. Tyler Bass kicks the game winner. Bills wind up beating the Lions. 
I, you know, this game could have gone overtime. And the Lions have played some really great ball over the last three weeks. Uh, and, and this is no different. You know, they, they've, they've got three wins in a row and took on one of the toughest teams in the NFL in the Buffalo Bills and really took them to task. And I, I, I just, I shudder to think what's going to happen when this Detroit Lions team goes into this offseason and they, they have two firsts, two seconds, and a third. <laughs> Yeah. And, then, and then get their quarterback of the future along with every defensive player under the sun that's going to make their team successful. It's nerve-wracking to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think another thing that should uh, perk your interest is that Jared Goff uh, statistically had uh, the better game. You know, um, he, he was 23-37 for 240 yards and two touchdowns, zero picks. Uh, Josh Allen... Uh, was 24-42 for 253, two touchdowns and an interception. So it's very close, razor thin. Um, I think the difference maker and something I've been critical about the whole season is clock management. Uh, you know, the coaching staff and uh, even, you know, Jared Goff out, out on the field, you know, need to just tighten that up a little bit because I was a little nervous about that last Lions drive. I'm like, why are we not calling timeout? What yeah. are we doing here? Our good friend uh, Ray Collins talked to us, uh, you know, we were, we were chatting with him during that game, and he was up in arms saying that the Detroit Lions might have a, the worst clock management in all of football. <laughs> he was, <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't blame him for being mad. I don't think the Lions have been very good as far as, uh, uh, you know, managing the clock. Um, I don't think either team managed the clock well in this game, I'll say that much. I thought... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were occasions where the Bills just kind of looked lethargic at the end of a half or, or you know, they, they weren't calling timeouts when they should have been. It, it just seemed confusing in certain situations. The Bills have lost a lot of steam, really, in, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, ever since they lost to the Vikings, it's been it's been weird. The, the Bills have, have been either losing games or having really close ones against teams they honestly shouldn't have had uh, this close of a game against the Lions, right? Yeah, and, and and the proof is in the pudding, and they're sitting at nine and three, still at the top of the division. But the Dolphins are nipping at their heels, and you know this is a very inopportune time for for a team like this to be losing steam this close to the end of the season. Uh, you only got six weeks left, five weeks left, and you know as competitive as the AFC East is, you know Josh Allen and company, I'm sure they'll figure out something to turn it around, but they have to do it quick. And it's funny that you you say that the Dolphins are nipping at their heels. Actually, right now, if I am not mistaken, I do think the Miami Dolphins are are uh, they they may have um, things may have changed, but I think the Dolphins are the ones that are they're in the playoffs right now. Am I wrong? Um, well, if I take a look at the conference standings, uh, the Miami Dolphins look like they are going to be the fifth seed. Okay, uh, because so, yeah. yeah, because Kansas City's in first. Buffalo's in second, and then you know the Miami Dolphins are third listed. But since they're in the same division, they'd be fifth. But yeah, they're if the season ended right now, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, it, yeah. The well, okay, yeah. Moving into last week, the Bills were actually uh, at in fifth, and the Dolphins were in second. Uh, the but with the Bills getting the W uh, and and over the Patriots, uh, it has since changed. The um, the uh, Dolphins right now are sitting at fifth. But the Dolphins do own the tiebreaker between them. Mm-hmm. So if the Dolphins do wind up beating the 49ers tonight, or uh, um, they wind up beating the 49ers moving into the the next couple of days, well, today really, yep. then they'll wind up 
in the number two spot because they do all the tiebreaker over the Bills. They did beat the Bills earlier this season. Yep, so and they, and they have that game again. They have an, a rematch on the 18th of December, so that's something to earmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, if the, the Bill, if the Dolphins sweep the Bills, it's trouble. Yeah, if the Dolphins sweep the Bills, they could very well be the two seed. Absolutely, is to say the least. I I do think that the Bills, uh, they're the kind of team that you know you don't want to run into in the playoffs. But they mm-hmm. have lost a ton of steam since uh, week eight. I'm I'm kind of interested in in what exactly the Bills are going to do moving forward. They have to be able to beat the Dolphins though. And later on in the year, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, next up, we got the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, you know, this is the game I paid the least attention to on Thanksgiving. To be perfectly honest with you, I wasn't thrilled with it. To be honest, I. I mm-hmm. I felt like the Giants, you know, the score doesn't dictate actually how badly the Giants got dominated by the Cowboys in this game. Uh, the Cowboys are looking like an extremely dangerous team, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Micah Parsons popping quarterbacks left and right, and this game was no different. Daniel Jones is under duress all day long. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, that Dallas Cowboys team, and a lot of people are forgetting Demarcus Lawrence is still on that team because Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, got a couple of sacks in that game as well, a couple of quarter, quarterback hurries. He looked damn good. So the Cowboys, I, I think, are kind of on par with the 49ers where they're one of those teams in the NFC you don't want to run into in the playoffs. And they can, they can you know, cause an upset. Uh, guys who have been extremely quiet on that offense, though, guys like C.D. Lamb, he was weirdly quiet in this game. But ultimately... You know, the uh, the Cowboys do get the W over the Giants, uh, 28-20. Uh, you know, are the Giants fool's gold at this point? Were, were they fool's gold all along? Uh, I'm, it's starting to look that way. I mean, obviously, if you look at Daniel Jones' stat line, you know, that's it, it does look pretty, you know, somewhat. 21-35, 228 yards and a touchdown, uh, as opposed to Dak Prescott's 21-30 to 30 for 261 yards and two touchdowns. He did throw two picks. Uh, but really, I think the story of the game uh, was you know Zeke Elliott doing Zeke Elliott things, 16 carries for 92 yards and going for a touchdown. Uh, Tony Pollard right behind him, 18 carries for 60 yards. So you know that's the best. That's probably one of the best one-two punches in football. And as you said, C.D. Lamb only got six catches for 106 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, still pretty impressive to get 106 yards out of only six catches. Uh, Dalton Schultz ended up scoring uh, the bulk of the touchdowns, uh, you know, uh, through the air. Uh, He caught both of those balls from Dak and uh, Peyton Hendershot and Zeke uh, scoring rushing touchdowns. So, you you know, I think it's I I think you're right. You know, I I believe Saquon Barkley cracked a thousand yards. uh, But at the same time, you know, I don't I don't think this Giants team uh, you know, I, I did make the bold prediction that the Giants were going to win the NFC East. Eh, I don't think that's going to happen with the Eagles riding so high. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's that's going to wind up happening. The, the Giants are one of those teams right now. Uh, you know, a lot of people wondered, man, why are they winning games? Why are they winning games? Why are they winning games? And then we take a step back and go, oh, okay, well, they're winning games. But, you know, they've been barely winning games throughout the year. Um, and now it's it's finally starting to catch up to them now that they're playing some real teams. Mm-hmm. So for them to be to lose this game was somewhat of a surprise to folks. But I mean, to me, I we I predicted Cowboys. I think uh, Tyler may have predicted Cowboys. 
So, I mean, we, we all knew that, that the Giants were in dire straits. I think they're going to come back down to earth with the rest of us. The Giants mm-hmm. end up being a very low seed in this playoffs. And when I say very low seed, we're talking six or seven. I don't think they're going to wind up being a five seed. Yeah, that's 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 generous, and uh, you know they got the entire they got uh, uh, NFC East games for the next three weeks, and, and two of those games against the Washington Commanders. Uh, so, and then of course they got the Vikings on Christmas Eve. You got the Colts on on New Year's, and then the end and the end of season, you're going against the Eagles. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a bumpy road for D Jones and company. Yeah, tough sledding, and a lot of people don't realize how hot that Washington Commanders team is. So I, right now, I believe they won, what, four or five straight at this point. So they've won a number in a row. Uh, next up, Patriots versus Vikings. The Vikings go ahead and beat the Patriots. Uh, you know, it was a tightly contested game. Let's, let, let's call it what it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, Minnesota gets the W here. So... I, I guess my my first question is, you know, was this a get right game for the Vikings? I think yes. it, I think they played extremely good football. I mean, to be able to put up 33 points on a very tough Patriots defense, you know, I think that's that says something about the the Vikings there and the way that they bounce back in this game. Um, so I'm I'm very happy with that as a Vikings fan. Uh, as for the Patriots, you know, everybody's been talking about this vaunted defense. Frankly, I didn't even see it. Uh, uh, Jack Jones did not look good. We've had him in our rookie top rankings for all, all year long. He didn't look good in this situation. Couldn't shut down Justin Jefferson. Um, Matt Judon was leading the league in sacks going into the day, uh, going into Thanksgiving Day. Uh, he was a non-factor. So I'm, I'm kind of blown away by the fact that the Patriots, um, you know, they, they that defense was very underwhelming. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, the only uh, in statistic of note is that Jonathan Jones came away with an interception. Uh, but the one thing I'm also noticing, I don't see any sacks recorded. I mean, Joshua Uchi, uh, or Uchi, I don't know, Uch, <laughs> is it Uch or Uch, uh, only got one sack, but that's about it. I mean, the, the, the defensive stat line is practically non-existent on the Patriots' side. So it does make you scratch your head and think, what, what Patriots defense? What are we talking about? Especially since, especially since you know they got thirty-three points dropped on him. Yeah, and Mac Jones. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is about the Vikings defense. I've been, I've been very uh, iffy on the the uh, shell defense that we see from from uh, Ed Donatell and company. I've, I've been very eh on it. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't liked that defense. Uh, I think Ed Donatel's defense is, is questionable, and uh, they made Mac Jones look like Joe, Mon- Joe Montana in this game. Excuse me. Uh, and I don't know. I have my, I still have my questions about the Ed Donatel defense because on one end, the scoring defense is solid, but on yeah. the other end, you know uh, we're, we're giving up uh, a ton of yardage and we're letting teams just march down the field. We made Mac Jones look like a star in this game. 28 of 39 to 380 yards and two touchdowns. That's an impressive stat line, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, Kirk, you know, did well himself, 30 for 37, 299 yards, three touchdowns in the pick. And Justin Jefferson, your boy, uh, tossed a, uh, through it through one pass for 11 yards. So that's refreshing to see. Uh, I think, you know, it, it's, it is, cons- you should be like scratching your head or at least it, it's going to be good for, you know, for, for the regular season. But when we get to the playoffs, I mean, that's really where that defense is going to have to tighten up a little bit. Yeah, that's where the rubber's going to meet the 
road trip. And and I don't know that that Vikings defense, that shell defense, is good. That that bend don't break shit. Um, you know, it, it works for some teams. This is one of those games where I don't know it's going to work for the Minnesota Vikings if they make it to the playoffs. And really, it's looking like they're going to take the NFC North already. Um, they could have this thing wrapped up after today, depending on how this game goes, as our upcoming game goes, and the the other teams play. So we're going to find out um, if the Vikings wind up being NFC North champions after this week. But you know, um, yeah, it's it, it, regardless of that, if they go to the playoffs and they play like they have been on the defensive side of the ball, there's trouble in paradise there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, next up, we got the Dolphins and the Texans. Uh, sort of be this wasn't the sort of expected. The Dolphins go ahead and stomp the Texans out, thirty to fifteen. What wasn't expected was Damian Pierce not playing well at all. This is the second mm-hmm. Damian Pierce has not done anything. Five carries, eight yards, one point six average. Uh, that is not a Damian Pierce game, um, and and I don't know what in the hell is going on with the Texans and the fact that Damian Pierce hasn't been playing well the last two weeks. But what I can say is I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't have a quarterback, so they've just been queuing in on Damian Pierce. Uh, teams have and, and have been shutting him down. He, he's just, I mean, it's all blitz all the time, right? They're just going to force the the, uh, the quarterbackless Texans to throw the football. With, with, with got Kyle Allen on the field and they got Davis Mills on the field. doesn't really matter. They just want him to throw the football, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kyle Allen uh, you know, throwing the ball a lot, 39 passes uh, with 26 catches, 215 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, I don't see uh, Davis Mills listed on, on the stat list. Well, yeah, I, I could. Davis Mills got benched going into this game, but teams right. for several weeks have been just saying, well, you have shitty quarterbacks. <laughs> Throw the ball. Right, and it, and it is a dumpster fire situation in Texas at this point. It's like having Damian Pierce on that team, and and you know, yeah, we saw that that brief resurgence. We've seen bad play from the last two weeks, but it could it could possibly be attributed uh, to the fact that uh, this team does not have a solid offensive line. This team does not have a solid. Uh, it, it's the team is just broken. It's a yeah. broken team. They, they are. Know, they, they don't have a good quarterback. I think Lovey Smith is the, the right man for the job. I will say that much. Uh, the way that their defense has performed over the course of the last several weeks, uh, really all year, they, I mean, they're <clears throat> they're keep holding uh, quarterbacks down, which is impressive given the, the level of quarterback that they've been playing. Um, that includes Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, they, they handled him, even though Tua had a decent stat line and um, – they handled him quite well. I mean, 22 for 36, 299, and only a touchdown. Think about that. I mean, you you held down one of the most explosive uh, passing offenses in all the NFL, and and that that says something about the Houston Texans defense and how Lovey Smith handles things. They're about a quarterback away from actually being a decent team, and yeah. and they haven't had a quarterback in a minute. They need one desperately. So you're going to see the Houston Texans go out and draft their quarterback in the future. And hopefully, he doesn't like massage parlors. <laughs> right? Do you think they, they, they do you think they get their guy as the number one pick? Because at this rate, they are looking to be number one. Yeah, at, at this rate, they are set to be the number one overall pick. I think they they go into that and they snatch up their guy. You know, I mean, I think it's a, a question at this point. And then on the other side, you got the Dolphins who have been so high powered. We we talked about them a little while ago with the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting yep. ready. To get, the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs here. I, I firmly believe that. But one thing I believe about the Miami Dolphins is, you know, I, 
I don't know that they beat the Bills, you know, in, in the upcoming game. But right. they could. And we could be talking about a number two seed Miami Dolphins team. I mean, who would have thunk it? It's exciting to think about. I mean, true, that first game was lost because uh, of, a, of a miscue by – uh, you know, Josh Allen and, and the offense and, you know, not getting the ball set and, you know, not being able to spike the ball uh, and, you know, the offensive coordinator's response to that, uh, you know, throwing a shit fit. But uh, here, you know, they do have the pieces to get together. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the Texans held them down pretty well. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle not getting any touchdowns, only getting 85 yards apiece. Uh, so you know it's it's not like it's not like uh, they had world beating stats, uh, but you know the you know obviously the rushing game wasn't uh, something or anything to write home about. Although Jeffrey Wilson did score a touchdown, um, so only so so the Dolphins only scored two touchdowns uh, the entire game. Uh, it looks well. I, I, I take that back. Durham Smythe scored a touchdown as well. Uh, but anyway. Uh, but regardless, I, I think this team is well on its way uh, to hit to hitting those to hitting the playoffs. I mean, they got the 49ers today. Uh, you know, obviously they get, they got you know some pretty tough sledding. Uh, yeah. I think I think time will tell to see if this Dolphins team really has what it takes to get to the top of the pile. Yeah, that's it's going to be a wild ride for them and. Uh... You know, taking on the Buffalo Bills, that I think that's the showdown we're all kind of waiting for. I, I think that that game is going to ultimately decide the playoff seating, but I do mm-hmm. think that all of them are going to wind up in the playoffs. Both Bills and the Dolphins, they're trending that way. I don't think anybody can catch them at this point. So I, I think it's it's going to be a very uh, um, interesting situation. They do have a very tough matchup this week against San Francisco 49ers. Head coach Mike McDaniel heading back to San Fran to face his old team. going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got the Bengals and the Titans. Bengals beat the Titans. Sort of a surprise here, but the Bengals are getting hot right now. Joe Burrow has himself a decent game. Nothing a major right home about. And the Bengals get this W in spite of the fact that Joe Mixon was out. He did not play. Uh, the big story for this one, T. Higgins, seven receptions, 114 and a touchdown. Had himself a hell of a game. And then on the other side, you know, Brian Tannehill uh, threw the ball quite effectively, but Derrick Henry, man, did not. Like, at this point, the, the Titans' offense runs through Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry's not moving on all cylinders, you are shit out of luck at that point. Um, and, and you're probably not going to win the football game, right? Yep, that makes – yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. He only had 17 carries for 38 yards. That's yeah. a problem. You know, yeah, Ryan went 22 to 34, 291, but he did not score any touchdowns. He played perfect ball, uh, but Joe Burrow, I, you know, obviously had uh, the better stat line. You know, he had fewer yards, but he got the touchdown, and he was more accurate. So, uh, actually, I take that back. Uh, he was three passes less accurate, but still, uh, the, the the touchdown edges him over. This was a very closely contested game. Uh, and obviously, you know, with with Jamar Chase having his issues and Joe Mixon having his issues, this team still found a way to win the game. Uh, and so, and, and the Tennessee Titans are nothing to to sneeze at. So, you know, I think you're right. The Bengals are in a uh, positive upturn right now. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation for the Bengals. Uh, you know, for a while there, especially early on in the season when they first started, they they had that really slow start to kick off the year. A lot of us were going, man, they're going to be on the same trajectory as the Rams, where they're just going to miss the playoffs and look like shit all year. 
and then they figured it out and, and kind of been on their way. But the, the Bengals uh, getting the win over the Titans was a huge one, uh, especially considering the Titans are leading their division right now. Uh, so we, we could wind up um, very well seeing the Bengals get back into the playoffs in the wild card spot and uh, having themselves a hell of a year. So Though they are tied with the Baltimore Ravens for first place in the AFC North. So, you know, a division title may not be out of the cards just yet. It might not be. I, I have my questions about whether or not they can handle the Baltimore Ravens at this point. I think the Ravens um, have, sort of have the high ground here. And, right. and that's going to be tough sledding for them. Uh, next up, Panthers and Broncos. The Panthers go ahead and beat the Broncos 23-10. to 10. Sort of a surprise for all of us. We all kind of expected the Broncos to win this football game. But the Panthers, man, they, they have been weirdly surprising ever since, you know, the Christian McCaffrey trade. And they've been doing some interesting things, keeping ball games closed, running the football effectively, in spite of, like, horrific quarterback play. I mean, like, let's, let's just call it what it is. I mean, they, the horrific quarterback play. Sam Darnold comes into the game in this one. It was horrific, but it, I won't even call it horrific, I guess. Just subpar in this situation. Yeah, perfect would be if he threw a ton of picks. This is still, at the end of the day, even though it was subpar, it's still mistake-free football. But once again, the guy that I keep talking about that nobody seems to be talking about is Dante Foreman. 20 mm-hmm. 113 yards in this game. Uh, he doesn't get into the end zone, but, man, he had himself a hell of a game on the ground. Not enough people talking about Foreman. Not enough people talking about the fact that that guy is number one running back. Um, and and not enough people talking about uh, uh, just how effective he is on the ground. I love Dante Foreman. I know you do in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's killing it. And obviously, more pedestrian numbers from Russell Wilson. Uh, yep. <laughs> so real quick here. Uh uh, another player that you need to keep your eye on, DJ Moore, coming back. Four catches, 103 yards for it, and a touchdown. Uh, yes, and, ju- and just as you mentioned, yeah, Russell Wilson obviously was the you know he threw the ball 35 times and only got 142 yards and a touchdown. Let Russ cook, you know, uh, more spam and uh, more spam and spaghettios uh, for everybody. Uh, Latavius Murray, you know, had a iffy game, you know, 92 yards after for 30 ca- 13 carries. Uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, their top receiver, only had 75 yards. Uh, this team, I really, is just the dumpster fire of the AFC West. I mean, I, it's 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 bad. It's just I horrible. Really, I really think that the the Russ Wilson squad here is is just a mess. Apparently, the team just is not a fan of him. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Russ Wilson going 19 for 35 for 142 and a touchdown. That is not going to win your football games, and that's not. The uh, uh, the stat line you want from a player that you just got done paying so much money. Uh, do you think that that contract could very well be the worst contract in the history of football? It's looking that way, dude. It's looking that way, like a oh, that's probably the yeah, absolutely for five years and that much that's much money, and this is the first, and this is what you get. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, it could be a coaching issue. You know, we all know that. Uh, uh, what's his face? I apologize for not knowing his name off the top of my head. Was it? Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett is, you know, probably one of the worst coaches in football right now, right there next to Arthur Smith and, uh, you know, yeah. Frank Reich. Frank Reich before he got shown the door. So, you know, it's 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 a it's trouble out there. It's real. It's it's bad news. 
yeah, I think the Broncos are in, in dire straits here. It could be a, a tr- it could be a coaching thing. I do think Nathaniel Hackett is one of the biggest joke of a coach and good jokes of a coach in football. But if you look at at like um, the way that that Russ Wilson has played, he has not played well. Um, you know, in spite of the the ridiculously large contract, I had questions and I had trouble with the fact that the Dolphins were signing this contract, knowing the the hand injury that was suffered last season. And seeing how Russ played post hand hand injury uh, when he was with the Seahawks, and here we are, you know, they signed him to this, him to this massive contract, and he's not going to be able to live up to the expectations. And and apparently the team is divided right now. They're not a big fan of Russ Wilson. Mm. A lot of questions there. I I really do think it was a bad contract, but the uh, the Broncos do drop one here to the Panthers. Uh, next up, the Jets go ahead and beat the Bears thirty-one to ten. Uh, Justin Fields was not in this game, but neither was Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, we talked about, was benched. Um, the, mm-hmm. the Jets go ahead and start Mike White. First of all, let's ask this. The uh, the Chicago Bears, without J- busting Justin Fields, they look pedestrian. It is Trevor Simeon, I'm sure. You know, Justin Fields, uh, he's hurt. He's set to come back this week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, I'm looking at... Uh, uh, you know, these numbers from Trevor Simeon compared to what we see from Boston Justin Fields, him running all over the place. You know, they kind of need him on the field as much as I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. He's obviously better than Trevor Simeon. I think a lot of quarterbacks are. Most quarterbacks in this league are. Um, <laughs> yep. 14 for 25, 179, one touchdown, one pick. I mean, it's, it's just a mess. Uh, the mobility from Simeon is, is obviously missing. He only had four carries for eight yards. Or the the mobility rather from uh, um, uh, Fields is missing, and and Simeon only has four carries for eight yards. I I think it made the Bears a little one dimensional in this situation. I think it made life very very easy for the New York Jets, and uh, the Jets had themselves a hell of a game shutting him down. Additionally, on the other side of the football, this is the guy that we're talking about, and I don't know if it's a one off again. We got so excited about Mike White last year when he went out and had a game just like this. Uh, In this situation, he goes 22 for 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. Number one, it's a very very pedestrian Bears defense, a very bad Bears defense. They're not good under any circumstances. Um, I have my questions about the Bears defense. But Mike White last year had a game just like this. We got excited about it. We're on the Mike White train. And then the next week we saw him just implode and made us all look like a couple of assholes on this on this very <laughs> So do you think that this is the reemergence of Mike White or do you think this is a one game, uh, you know, just kind of one off, you know, let me let me go back on earth at the uh at the end. Well, I will tell you that it is the latter. In my opinion, uh, it's a one-off deal, and here is why. On December 4th, uh, this afternoon, uh, they are going against the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, the, the Vikings' defense is a lot more dynamic than the Bears' defense. Yep. Now, granted, uh, you know, so I don't think Mike White is going to necessarily be the reason, if they win, that, that that's, that's the reason. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you know, there's, you know, a lot of targets got hit, you know, Garrett Wilson got two touchdowns and 95 yards. So that's, that's positive for him. 
and obviously, you know, sauce, you know, doing sauce things. I mean, he only had, uh, you know, one, you know, a one full tackle and two assisted tackles. Uh, C.J. Mosley had a pick. Uh, so, you know, the Jets defense, you know, you don't see any uh, popping out stat lines. I think the offense won this particular game. Uh, but, you know, if, if you get Sauce Gardner on Jeff, Justin Jefferson, it's going to make for a rough day. So um, I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating uh, what what's going to happen here, but I'm pretty sure that this is a one-off deal. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think it was a one-off deal. I think the Vikings defense, although that shell defense is, is kind of, um, you know, questionable in certain situations, and they have a tendency to make certain quarterbacks look way better than they are, I do think that Mike White may have a much harder time with the Vikings defense than he does a very, very shitty uh, Bears defense. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a, an interesting one, but the Jets uh, do wind up getting the W over the Bears 31-10. Next up, we got the Commanders and the Falcons. Commanders win another one, man, uh, 19-13 over the Falcons. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that Tyler Heineke is a world beater. He had a very low stat, like 14 for 23, 138, two touchdowns. But this team plays for him. I don't understand it. The defense, their strength is in their defense right now, which has been doing very well all year long. But Brian Robinson, 18 carries for 105 yards in this game. Taylor Heineke, even though he only had 138 yards in this game, he sure as shit made him count, and he had two touchdowns. I mean, he, he did throw an ugly interception in this game, uh, and he was outplayed by Marcus Mariota from a technical standpoint. But <clears throat> Taylor Heineke, man, I don't know what it is about that man. He comes onto the field. The commander's team plays for him. They love the shit out of this guy. Eventually, they're going to have to get away from him and, and trade him away, uh, let him walk out the door, go to free agency, something. Because, you know, the, the commanders, like any other quarterback that they bring in, these players don't play nearly as hard for that quarterback the way that they do for Taylor Heineke. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's weird. I mean, it, it's, it's it's one of those intangibles you really can't t- detect on the statistic line. Yep. Uh, you know, Terry, you know, Terry McLaurin going four you know, four catches for 48 yards. You know, uh, John Bates getting a touchdown. Brian Robinson getting a receiving touchdown. You know, it, so it, it, it's, you know, the Falcons are just like this eh, team sitting in limbo. Uh, but you know that allowed Washington to rise up, and again, um, I'll tell you what. I mean, I mean, it, it's kind of it's, it's kind of been it's kind of been like you know Carson Wentz hasn't worked out. You yeah. Know, the whole you know he, he you know, does well for the Eagles, gets hurt. Plays for the Colts, gets hurt. And he plays for the Commanders, gets hurt. So you know, I mean, it, it's refreshing to see that you know a, a bunch of players r- rallying around a quarterback. But as you're, but as you're, as you said. You know, if he if if they let him go, if the commanders let him go and go into free agency, you know that actually spells a lot of trouble. You know, like what do you, what do you do? Do you go into the draft to get a new quarterback? Do you I, rely on do you rely on Carson Wentz to get healthy again? I mean, you know, this team is like you know it's kind of teetering on a cliff when you when you put things in perspective. Yeah, I think Taylor Heineke is is the guy that all these players want to play for. But the thing is, is that. Okay, let's say you send Taylor Heineke out before the end of the season. That's fine, but that's the only way that you are going to get out from under this situation where the guys only play hard for Taylor Heineke being on the field. You know, I, I think you got to get rid of him, to be mm. honest. I really I do think you do after this season. But at the end of the day, the, the 
Washington Commanders are over here pulling out W's. And then on the other end, again, Arthur Smith for the Falcons. He doesn't know what the fuck he has. Uh, look at this. Drake, the, the guy leading the team in receptions was Olamid Zacchaeus. Five receptions, 91 yards. And then the next highest guy is the guy he should be utilizing that he hasn't been utilizing, and that's Drake London with two receptions for 29 yards. It's a waste. Mm-hmm. Arthur Smith has no idea what the hell to do with a number one receiver. He has no clue. None. And and I'm so sick and tired of it. That's, like, for years we talked about how Seattle was a place where tight ends careers go to die. It's like mm-hmm. a tight end graveyard, right? If you want to have a wide receiver graveyard, go to Atlanta. Yep. Star, let Atlanta draft you because, my God, Arthur mm-hmm. Smith was bury your fucking career. Yeah, it, it's it's sad. It's it's bad news bears all around, and you know I, I feel bad for the kid because I mean you know this is his rookie season. Right. You know he's supposed to, he was supposed to be this next receiver of the future. You know and you know not not that having Marcus Mariota as a quarterback is going to help too much, uh, but you know hey uh, you want to you want to also talk about uh, you know not knowing what to do with your players. Cordell Patterson is quite clear, clearly their leading rusher. He only got you know eleven carries for fifty two yards, and Tyre Algier only got two more yards than Cordell. So it's pretty much you know a, a one two punch that's like those Rock'em Sock'em robots. Yeah. You know it's like it's what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I question that every week, every week as it pertains to to Arthur Smith. What the fuck are we doing here? And it just doesn't make sense. I I, I don't like it. I don't think he should be a head coach in the NFL. I just don't think he has what it takes. But maybe that's just me. Uh, next up, we got Browns and Bucks. The Browns beat the Bucks 23-17. You know, uh, the sort of a surprise performance from the from the Browns here. To be honest with you, they wind up going. I believe it was overtime, and and they uh, the Browns punch it in. Nick Chubb gets the W, which really almost screwed me in fantasy. Uh, 116 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. He had himself a hell of a game, in spite of the fact that he only had a 4.5 average. Amari Cooper. He has been one of these silent superstars when it comes to receivers in this league this year. Amari Cooper's been getting a ton of targets, a ton of receptions, and a ton of yardage. Um, him and and uh, Jacoby Brissett have themselves a tremendous rapport. I want to see if that same rapport is going to carry over when Deshaun Watson comes in this week, and we'll talk about that shortly. But, uh, you know, the Browns, man, they pull this one out. On the other end, you got the Bucs, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is starting to look like Tom Brady again. Which is very fun to see. I mean, Tom Brady, you can't say anything bad about it. 29 for 43, 246, two touchdowns. He looks like Tom Brady. That's that's what you want. That's what we wanted out of Tom Brady. That's what we've been waiting for. This is the guy, the guy we wanted to show up. The rest of the team now has to show up. The rest of the team has to play good ball. Tom Brady threw two touchdowns in this game. He had 246 yards. He was very accurate. And and then you look. I look up in the rushing and I see Rashad White, 14 carries, 64 yards, you know, eh. And then I see the defense falling apart because they don't have Shaq Barrett on the field. I just, this Bucks, yep. you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. You, Brady had these pedestrian numbers. Now he's got, what, five, six more weeks before this, this playoff time, and he's got to pull it together. Brady is going to have to be the guy that drags his team, kicking and screaming, into the playoffs. <laughs> Um, right now, they still lead the division, crazy as it seems. Yep. Uh, you know, 
this first of all, the Browns, um, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. We'll, we'll say that. But are mm. you excited for Deshaun Watson? Do you think this team becomes more dynamic with Deshaun Watson on the field, or do you think Jacoby Brissett is, is you know, should remain the Browns starter? Uh, uh, it's hard to say either way. Um, I'm curious as to how Deshaun Watson will play. I have to see. I have to see what he produces, and I have to see how the team will play. Uh, but I don't believe that J- Jacoby Brissett is a starter in this league. I don't uh, yeah, I mean he he was a backup in New England, and he was under Bill Belichick, and he was great. But yeah. uh, but you know, I think it's time for the the Browns to once again fire up that quarterback carousel and see if they can get get their next quarterback in the draft. Oh. I mean have. Have Jacoby Brissett's, you know, go through next year and have the rookie sit on the bench and learn the system, uh, you know, because I know that Tyler's huge on that. But at, th- at the same time, you know, Jacoby Brissett's not the guy. I doubt that uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be the guy. I hope he can prove us wrong. Uh, and then and on the Buccaneers side, you know, Chris Godwin, you know, was the top receiver in that game, 12 receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, he has targets to work with, but Mike Evans needs to step up. He only got two catches for 31 yards. Uh, Julio Jones only has three catches for 40. So you're absolutely right. You know, you have Julio Jones and all, you know, a future Hall of Famer in this in this sport, you know, and, and Mike Evans, you know, is a top tier receiver. So, you know, you know but he, they've, he's had a case of the drop skis all year. Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting to see. It's like you said, the the team has to rally up and they have to rally up around Tom Brady or, you know, the Falcons might sneak in past them uh, and and take the division. Which is terrifying to me. The fact that the Falcons could make the playoffs, uh, you know, I won't say terrifying, but but, uh, almost sickening in a way, to Mm -hmm. be honest. The Falcons would make the playoffs at this point in time. So uh, just a mess. Um, Not a fan. Uh, next up, Jags and Ravens. Man, this one made Tyler throw up his mouth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jaguars go ahead and beat the Ravens 28-27. to It was a last-second hurrah, a last-second touchdown from old Marvin Jones, the old, the former Detroit Lion. <laughs> uh, Ten-yard pass from Trevor Lawrence for the TD. He gets in there. Man, it was a fun game to watch. Tyler fucking hated it, I'm sure. The Jags. <laughs> Pull one out. I mean, get the upset over a very game Ravens team. But I got to tell you, Trevor Lawrence looked about as good as he's looked all year long. Oh yeah, uh, man, you, nothing, nothing to sneeze at. And then the other guy that I thought looked fantastic that I think that nobody talks about and people should be talking about more is Zay Jones had 11 receptions for 145 yards in this game. Trevor Lawrence looked great, though. I mean, he is the star of the show. And then with the with the Ravens, I mean, Lamar does what Lamar does. I mean, he had he was 16 for 32. The accuracy was meh, 254 yards. He had a touchdown, but he also had 14 carries for 89 yards in this game. the 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 game revolves around Lamar Jackson when it comes to the Ravens. First of all, we'll start with yeah. the Ravens here. The game revolves around him, and if Lamar Jackson can't get anything going. Uh, and if, if guys aren't going to get open for him, we're going to have a problem. I mean, you know, his his top receiver was was Josh Oliver, who's a backup tight end. He had four receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. So Mark Andrews only produced four catches for 50 yards. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was your second biggest one, and he had two bombs. But beyond that, I mean, we 
the Ravens, the, in order to be successful, they got to get Lamar Jackson going. I don't think they got him going in this game as much as they should have. Um, and then on top of it, I think that the Ravens' defense, as much as you know, Tyler will talk him up and blah 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 blah. You know what? At the end of the day, the Ravens' defense has not been good and was not good in this situation. Um, and then as for Trevor Lawrence, uh, my big question here, he's the star of this game. Do you think, I, I believe this man is on the up and up. Yes. I think that this man is uh, 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 really connecting with Doug Peterson in a fantastic way. Yep. I think Doug Peterson is the guy for this job, and I do think that he is the guy that can guide Trevor Lawrence to the promised land that we thought he could be in last year until they hired shit show Urban Meyer. Uh <laughs> What do you think? What do you think of Trevor Lawrence? Do you think this man is, is headed in the right direction? Uh, do you think he's going to wind up being a superstar? Where are you at here? Well, I mean, he definitely has the look for a superstar. I mean, you know, he, you put him in hair commercials and all this other stuff, and he's got, you know, that chiseled face. But, yeah, that stat line is something is something to behold. Uh, 29 for 37, 321, 20 yard, 321 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, one thing I will make mention of is that they are missing James Robinson. You know, he's the under, uh, extremely underrated running back uh, when, as, you know, when he got traded to the Jets. Uh, you know, and and it, and it shows in the rushing statistics. Your top rusher for 12 carries, 28 yards is Jay McCall Hasty. Who? <laughs> so, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I'll say that jumped out at me. But, you know... Uh, Hasty had five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, you know, they have the weapons. Uh, they have some weapons, not all of them. I think they need to go into the draft and start b- building up the team a little bit. But uh, if, if the question is about Trevor Lawrence, absolutely. He is a budding star, and he's really starting to get that uh, Urban Meyer stank off of him. And, and Doug Peterson is a huge reason for that. Yeah, and, and I do think Jermichael Hasty is a, a decent backup running back, but Travis Etienne did get hurt in this game. They do have Travis Etienne. I think he's a liability at this point. This is the second year in a row that, that Travis Etienne will miss time due to an injury. Wow. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, they, they may be looking at a new workhorse bell cow kind of back situation where they got to go out and find one. Travis Etienne, in my opinion, is not a starting running back as far as being a bell cow type of back. I think he's a, a glorified change of pace guy, and they need to use him as that. Uh, I don't understand why they traded away James Robinson, and he should have been your bell cow kind of back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it it's very similar to um, almost like an Elvin Kamara situation. It's kind of square peg round hole. Uh, mm-hmm. Elvin Kamara is not a starting bell cow back. I believe Elvin Kamara is a... Uh, very probably the best high, uh, most high end change of pace back in the entire NFL and and I believe that Travis Etienne could be on that level he's not a bell cow guy though and they need to understand that in Jacksonville um, in my opinion but uh, moving forward the uh, Raiders go out and beat the Seahawks 40 to 34 very exciting football game mm-hmm. uh, very high powered offenses uh, the Raiders got off to a rough start and then they rallied back. Uh, and and uh, Derek Carr showing his guts, but the one guy that really showed the guts, and the one guy who really showed the world what he's made of is yep. Josh, Josh Jacobs. My gosh, thirty-three carries for two twenty-nine, two touchdowns. He had a six-point-nine average. He added six receptions for seventy-four yards. He, man, that guy is just a stud in a contract year. 
He's making the Raiders eat every single second of the fact that they did not pick up his fifth-year option. And he's going to go into free agency, and that motherfucker's going to get paid. That's what yep. Big money contract, for sure. I mean, that stat line is ridiculous. Oh, he, yeah. he's, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, it's not he's not really he's not playing for the team. He's playing for himself. He's yep. saying, "Look, guys, this is what this is what I have to offer, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the money that I deserve uh, from someone from from another team." Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you hate to see it, but at the same time, I mean, I'm I'm clapping I'm clapping vicariously for Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr. You know, I mean, obviously Geno Smith outplayed him. But you know he he showed a lot of grit and tenacity. Uh, you know, I, obviously you know the Raiders are like way out of the way out of the playoffs race because there's so many good teams ahead of them. But it's refreshing to see you know after that meltdown in that one press conference that they're starting to bounce back a little bit here. Sort of surprised too uh, is Kenneth Walker's lack of production. This is the second week in a row that Kenneth Walker mm-hmm. hasn't really produced. Uh, last week he was getting a lot of receptions out of the backfield. This week, not so much, but he did get in the end zone twice. Uh, where's the explosiveness from Kevin from Kenneth Walker? I think a lot of it has to do with Seattle's offensive line not being able to block for the man. Uh, it seems that that uh, they need better run blockers on that offensive line. Uh, otherwise, Kenneth Walker is not going to be successful for them. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it starts at the front. You know, I mean, I'm drawing comparisons to Michigan's offensive line, who have been ridiculously good all all year long for them. You know, the people say, you know, oh, that's it's a, uh, you know, that's the heart and soul of that team. Well, the offensive line here, if if Kenneth Walker's going for 14 yards for 20. 14 carries for 26 yards, that's a problem, even though he got two touchdowns out of the deal. Right. Uh, and, and on the other side, you know, not the other side, but, you know, DK Metcalf, your top receiver, getting 11 catches for 90 yards. And then Tyler Lockett right behind him, three catches for 68 yards so, and a touchdown. So, you know, you know, Tyler Lockett, again, hot, you know, hot and cold, bought and sold, you know, <laughs> But at least he's doing a decent fantasy stat line. But I, I really think that at this point, with with the performance like this, and a stat and a, and a statistic sheet like this, you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks are probably uh, just you know they're they're teetering on a cliff. They haven't fallen off yet, uh, but they're they're sitting at six and five right now. Uh, and if if you take a look at the conference standings, uh, you know the the Seattle Seahawks are like. Bizarrely, they're like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're in seventh place, you know, overall in teams. So they could, you know, we could see them pick up a wild card spot. Can we not? Well, I could see them picking up a wild card spot. Here's here's the thing about the the Seahawks right now. So as it currently stands in the in the uh, um, playoff picture, the Seattle Seahawks are ranked eighth overall. So they're on the bubble. They're just outside of the playoffs. The Washington Football Team is right now seven and five. Uh, so they've moved up with that the win streak that they're on, which is kind of weird. The 49ers have moved into the number three overall spot um, because uh-huh. that's a team on the rise, and we know that. Uh, we had a feeling that, that the Niners were going to take this division uh, moving into the season, um, and we had a feeling as soon as they got hot and the CMC trade happened and everything, the Niners were going to get red hot and start moving in again. That is a team you do not want to run into in the playoffs. I, nope. I believe that. I stand by that. 
Um, as for, I mean, the Seahawks, they're six and five. They're on the outside looking in. They could wind up in six or sevens, the six or seven seed. I think the Giants have shown that they're fools gold. I think Washington. I don't know how long this is going to last. This whole situation where they're just winning because of Taylor Heineke. But what I do know is that those two teams are the most vulnerable teams on this list. And and if one of those teams starts losing, the Seattle Seahawks are going to win some games. And I mean, this week they have a three and eight Rams team that they're going to be taking on. I think they have a good opportunity for a W there, and they could find themselves right back in the playoff picture. So that's that's kind of what we're looking at here. But we'll find out. Uh, next up. Chargers and Cardinals. Chargers beat them 25-24. Chargers, man, they go show some balls. They show some huevos. They go out and they they uh, go for two for the win instead of just taking the extra point. Uh, balls to the wall. A lot of people say, you know, hey, it's great that you got the win, but Brandon Staley, uh, I don't do that shit again. But <laughs> still, at the end of the day, he got the win. <clears throat> Justin Herbert had himself a hell of a game, 35-47. 274, three touchdowns in this game. He looked damn good. He was spreading the ball out really nicely. He had uh, uh, four receivers who actually he was hitting all game long. He was DeAndre Carter. And really, Austin Eckler, we know he's a running back, but he's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, he was hitting all of his all of his guys here. Uh, Mike Williams not in the game, but Justin Herbert looking like the guy that I, I – keep talking about a guy I believe is going to have a bust in Canton. I still stand by that. And uh, here we are, Justin Herbert, man, getting a W 25, 24 over the Cardinals. In the meantime, Kyler Murray uh, looking a little rough around the edges. Maybe it was a double XP weekend. Who knows? Uh, 18 for 29, 191 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. James Conner had 25 carries for 120 yards. Good to see him back on the field. And DeAndre Hopkins. So I expected a little more out of this DeAndre Hopkins-Hollywood Brown combination. And maybe they just haven't found a rhythm. But, yeah, uh, Hollywood got, you know, two more catches than Hopkins. But Hopkins seemed to make more of his his catches because he had 87 yards and a touchdown. Um, The Cardinals, I think they're cooked at this point, in my opinion. I really do. Right now they're four and eight. I think they're done for the year. They're not making the playoffs, right? Yep. I mean, well, the, I mean, the Seahawks are too far ahead of them, you know, to even consider for a, a, a low a low seed. Uh, and if we and if we look at the conference statistics, you know, they're right around the bottom of the barrel. You know, the Detroit Lions are ahead of them for crying out loud. <laughs> the, the Detroit Lions are a half a game ahead of the Arizona Cardinals. So oh. that should tell you everything you need to know right there. Um, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll still play, you know, um, for the rest of the year. I know, you know, it's not like they're going to just sit there and, 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 you know, lie down like dogs, but they're, they're also not going to make the playoffs. And if you take a look at their schedule, you know, you, we kind of see what we're talking about. I mean, you, you have a hard game against the Patriots to, you know, not this, they're on by this week. Yeah. And then, uh, next week they got the Patriots. Um, you know, then you got you know a, a crappy Broncos team and an iffy Buccaneers team on Christmas Day. Uh, you know they'll have a game against the Falcons and and then they have a really really hard game against the 49ers to end out the year. So yeah, uh, stick a fork in them. Uh, better luck next year. Uh, you know they'll they'll probably like miss the playoffs by like you know a, a lucky hair, but depending on how everything else shakes out. But at this point in time. Uh, if, if the season ended right now, cooked. 
Yeah, I don't think nine and eight is going to get you in in this situation. No, and, that's nope. kind of, and that's if they win out. You know, so right. I, don't, I don't see him winning out. Um, I don't think the Cardinals wind up making the playoffs here. I, I'm with you. I, I think they're cooked. Um, but I do think the Chargers have an opportunity to make the playoffs. That's that's mm-hmm. a nice thing. And that's something we've predicted. So uh, the Chargers go out and get the W here. Next up, probably the most boring game of the week. The Niners go out and beat the Saints 13 to nothing. Um, boring situation. Robbie Gold field goal. Juwan Jennings, a five-yard pass in the second quarter. Another Robbie Gold field goal. And then nothing. Um, you know, the, the Saints are just so just, they're bottoming up so hard. You know, Andy Dalton is obviously not the guy. The man's a statue in the, in the backfield. He just gets pounded. I don't know. I just think this Saints team is, is tough. Well, I know they're toast. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. They need a new quarterback. They're going to have to go draft one. You know, and I don't think they have the draft picks to draft one. Um, they're, they're in trouble, and and they're going to be in trouble for a long time. That that franchise they sold the farm for a lot of different things, and uh, yeah, they're going to be in trouble for a while. And then on top of it, you know, you got this Niners team who is just rocking and rolling. Uh, you know, just want to point out seven carries for 35 yards for Elijah Mitchell. He wound up going down in this game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 11 carries, 32 yards. Jordan, five or, se- or five carries for 25 yards. They were almost spreading the ball out, running the football. It was it was kind of weird. I hope <laughs> saving Christian McCaffrey for the playoffs, trying to, to make sure that he's healthy going in. But Elijah Mitchell did go down with the same injury that that uh, uh, meniscus injury that that he wound up having earlier on in the year. Except it was just the opposite knee. So he'll be out another six to eight weeks. So his season's probably done. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I think he's probably the most injury prone quarterback or running back rather in all the football. And uh, I think he just kind of did himself in. You, you went down six to eight weeks early on with one injury, and then you have the same injury put you on your other knee, put you down for another six to eight weeks. Mm. Yeah. It's about done. Yeah. We talk about availability and reliability being the number one thing that makes you great in football. Mm-hmm. I think Elijah was kind of done, right? Yep, I would, I would say so. And, you know, the good thing they got out and got Christian McCaffrey. You know, uh, and, you know they, obviously they have Debo. You know, they have George Kittle, you know, they have Brandon Ayuk going five five catches for sixty-five yards, you know, oddly enough. So they have the talent to to carry this team, you know, into the playoffs. And as we said before, they're 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 at number three seed. And what did I tell you? They're gonna make the they're gonna be the number three seed. I predicted they wouldn't make it to the conference championship game just by by stroke of bad luck. I think it might and that might be because they might get go against the Cowboys. You know that might that might be the game where uh, the 49ers kind of run into a wall. Is like if if they if the 49ers and the Cowboys. Um, I'm curious to see if that matchup has happened or will happen. Uh, but I will tell you that if it does happen, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be something special. Yeah, yeah they don't have they don't have the they don't have the Cowboys on the schedule at all. So if they run into them in the playoffs, uh, that's that's a game I'm gonna be paying a lot of money to see. That one would be a classic. It would be a classic game. You know, it reminds me of the, the old days of the 49ers-Cowboys matchups that, that always used to happen on the, in the days of Jimmy Johnson. So it'll, that'll be a fun one. Uh, next up, Chiefs versus the Rams. The Chiefs go out and dominate the Rams, to be expected. Uh, yeah. Rams is getting pounded in the ground at this point. This is probably the biggest downturn for any football team that just won a Super Bowl. <laughs> is yeah. the Rams sitting at 3-8 and eight right now. 
and it has some serious draft implications. We'll talk about those shortly, but it has some draft implications that you're excited about for your old lie downs. But on the other end, Patrick Mahomes doing what he does, you know, 27-42-320. He had a touchdown. He did have a pick in this game. But um, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, I think he has seized the starting running back job over there with the Kansas City Chiefs. 22 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Even though it's only a 3.1 average, that Rams rush defense has been tough all year long. The fact that Pacheco was able to get in the end zone, uh, it says something. I I really do think that uh, um, he seized the opportunity, and and it's uh, his backfield to lose at this point, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, Isaiah is getting the job over uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, it, it's it's refreshing to see. Uh, you know, and also, but you know, let's just also keep in mind this is also the Mahomes Kelsey show. Yeah. You know, Travis Kelsey going four catches, fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. I mean, you know, Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things, Travis Kelsey doing Travis Kelsey things. You know, uh, this is like it's like the Cooper, it's like the Stafford Cooper Cup show from last year. Except this one's way more entertaining and way more reliable. Yeah. Uh, because on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, we didn't see Matthew Stafford on the field at all. Uh, perhaps he's getting prepped for Tommy John surgery, like you've been saying all year. And yeah, you believe it. And then uh, we didn't see Co- and Cooper Cups uh, off the field, too. So yep. when you have your two most dynamic players bite the dust in injury style, you know you're going to see a dumpster fire. And that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, Matt Stafford, um, him being down, obviously, has been a problem for the Rams all year long. Uh, Cooper Cup, you know, we know he went down with that injury, with that ankle injury earlier on in the season. He did a surgery, um, and I think he's basically done for the year. They might as well just stick him on IR and deactivate him at this point. But the, the Rams are, you know, Oof. an absolute mess. And, and that one could wind up having positive draft implications for you, Alex. I'll, I'll, we'll jump into that a little bit shortly. Um, next up, Eagles go out against the Packers Sunday night football. Eagles beat them 40-33 in a much closer game than expected. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about Jalen Hurts in this game. I'm not. What I saw was one of the most terrifying things that I could see out of this Packers team, and that is the fact that Jordan Love came onto the field for an injured Aaron Rodgers and played extremely well. <laughs> yep. I don't know if I can go another 15 years taking on you know potential you know hall of fame quarterback play i don't know that i can do that if jordan love like we laughed jordan love off and suddenly he came out in this game and he was throwing the ball like aaron Rodgers, and and like prime aaron Rodgers. like we're talking like you know aaron Rodgers, you know just gunslinging looking like a monster uh that's how jordan love looked in this game and it was scary it was terrifying, and as a member, a card-carrying member of the NFC North, bro, I do not want to see that. I, oh my God, it yeah. was fine. It's, I it's like, it's I don't just know like if I another 15 years of, of Hall of Fame quarterback play out of the Green Bay Packers. I just don't know if I can do that anymore. Yeah, it's like I've had enough of the cheeseheads. You know, we were we were all really excited to see Aaron Rodgers finally you know, take that walk of shame and ride off into the sunset on his big old donkey. Uh, yeah. But here here comes Jordan Love on his stallion. Now it's all it's one week. You know, uh, it, let's just see where let's see where we go with this. But with that stat line, six of six of nine, hundred and thirteen yards and a yep. touchdown. You know, that's like. Holy crap! You know, it's, you know, Christian Watson had a great game. 
four receptions for 110 yards for a touchdown. Aaron Jones caught three balls and for 56 yards and a touchdown. And he also carried the ball 12 times for 43 yards. So Aaron Jones is starting to look like a dual threat. You know, and A.J. Dillon, you know, got the, you know, eight carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. So I'm like, okay, are we starting to see this Packers team, like, climb out of the dirt? Yeah, they they might. But at the end of the day, they still lost this game. If the Vikings wind up winning this week and the Lions wind up losing this week, the Vikings clinch the division, which is exactly what I want. I want the Vikings to clinch this division. Um, and, and uh, you know, that way the Lions and the Packers that are kind of climbing their way out of the cellar here, they can still only make the playoffs in the wild card situation. You know, that's kind of what <laughs> I, I hope for. But at the end of the day, man, I man, that yeah. Jordan, and the Eagles, uh, you know, they had themselves a hell of a time, too. I mean, Miles Sanders had himself a hell of a game. Yep. Uh, Jalen Hurts had himself a hell of a game. This is what we've expected of the Eagles. It's very indicative of what we've seen of the Eagles all year long. Uh, they are the team to beat in the NFC, and, yep. and it's basically all there is to it. Yeah, but um, when you have when you have a dual threat quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you know it, it's it shows something. Me is his passing stat line doesn't seem like two world beating sixteen to twenty eight one hundred fifty three yards and two touchdowns, but when he also carries the ball seventeen times for another one hundred fifty seven yards, when he runs more than he passes, that's scary. Yeah, the fact that that you know, and this is where the the NFL was kind of headed. Uh, with these these running quarterbacks and whatnot, um, I'm you know you know I'm, I'm I've become recently a, a USC fan. I'm really big on Caleb Williams. I think he's an excellent quarterback, and I do think that that kid is sort of the future of the NFL. Uh, and and that's kind of where the the NFL the type of quarterback that the NFL is leading toward is is you know that dual threat. <clears throat> I'm able to run the ball. I'm able to pass the ball. You know it's it's going to be interesting to see. How, how that translates to the NFL uh, for Caleb Williams, but now you're seeing it out of Jalen Hurts, and, and Jalen Hurts, man, whew, the way he runs the ball, the way he throws the ball, it's it's that dual threat. He's very Lamar, he's very Jalen Hurts, he's very um, uh, Steve Young, and, and that's what the I think that Caleb Williams kid is going to be too. The league is moving toward this, this very mobile quarterback situation. And, and it's something that I haven't seen ever. I never expected to see pocket passers. I stood by this. Pocket passers are the guys who survive in the NFL. Running quarterbacks don't survive. But these running quarterbacks now are bigger, and uh, they're, are, they're far more mobile. Um, and it's, it's just one of those situations where I, I believe that, that Jalen Hurts, a guy like Jalen Hurts is going to be the future of this league. And uh, he's going to be something really, really special, health permitting. You know, and that's the big thing about that. And then last but not least, Steelers versus the Colts. Moving into Monday Night Football, Steelers beat the Colts 24-17. Uh, Kenny Pickett had himself a decent game in this in this situation. Goes out and 20-28, and, uh, 174, plays mistake-free football. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris, you know, he got into the end zone, but man, boy, they, they really are just done with Najee Harris, I think, at this point. Benny Snell getting the bulk of, bulk of the carries, 62 yards and a touchdown for him. You know, the the Steelers, well, I, a lot of people, myself included, kind of caught them out of the conversation here because the Colts do have such good defense. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers get it done. And then on the other side with the Colts, I mean, Matt Ryan, 22 for 34, 199. He had a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Jeff Saturday, he didn't get a chance to call a, a 
major uh, uh, timeout that he should have called, or you know, it was a, a huge gaffe for him. But yeah. uh, the Colts wind up dropping this one 24-17. Do you think Jeff Saturday is just, you know, he's having head coaching jitters, I think, but I think Jeff Saturday's been a very good coach for the, the Colts at this point, don't you? Yeah, you really can't fault him for not calling the timeout. I mean, you know, we, we're armchair co- we're armchair head coaches here. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, this guy is on, in the trenches, you know, learning on the job, much like Dan Campbell is. And and the and the, and the difference between Dan Campbell and Jeff Saturday is Jeff Saturday picked up this job two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, here you go. Here's here's your playbook. Here are your players. Go go out there and win a couple football games. So yeah, it's like you can't really expect much out of Jeff Saturday. And is he the head coach moving forward? Maybe not. You know who knows. Yeah. Or do you or do you keep him? But I mean, I don't I don't really think you should like. I think you should look for a new head coach. Keep Jeff Saturday on the roster. You know, maybe move him to, uh, you know, a defensive coach. You know, I mean, he was, or or an offensive line coach because he was he was the the starting center for so many years behind Peyton Manning. You know, so you know, he has experience there. You know, so he, I think there's some value to having Jeff Saturday on the coaching staff. But I don't, but I don't think he should be a permanent fixture at the head coach position. I agree. I agree 110%. So uh, with that, those are our scores in Week 12 in the NFL. Uh, And Alex, so we got a few things that we're going to wind up going over. We're going to go to break here. And uh, after we get back from break, we're going to go over the uh, our top 10. We're going to go over our forgotten and forgetful five, or forgetful five. We're going to go over our rookie rankings, a little bit of news around the league, and then we got ourselves our predictions. So. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and um, uh, take a quick break here, and we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready And welcome back to the Outside Blitz I am your co-host, the Cannibal, Alex Steele Hooray! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and I am uh, one of your co-hosts, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Uh, folks, we've got some interesting things that happened this week, some huge offensive performances. And uh, Alex, man, we're, I want to jump right into this this uh, top 10 here, these top 10 players for the week, uh, starting with number 10, buddy. Uh, Zay Jones, I got him at number 10, 11 receptions, 145 yards. 
had himself a hell of a game. Uh, you know, Zay Jones was a guy that that I, I think people have just sort of been sleeping on. Every now and then he pops up and says, hey, everybody, remember me? I put up 140 yards this week, and he did just that. He was Trevor Lawrence's favorite target, 11 receptions. He had himself a hell of a game, uh, and the Jags get the W here. I don't think he's going to be the number one over there. I, I still think that belongs to Christian Kirk at the current moment. But, you know, Zay Jones is an underrated receiver that not enough people give credit to. And uh, he had a hell of a game this week. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, you know, the proof is in the pudding there. Uh, you know, you're, I think you're right. I mean, this is probably just a one-off deal. Uh, you know, let's, let's, let's see what happens. You know, Christian Kirk, you know, still had four catches for 46 yards. So, you know, obviously, you know, the, the door is open for him to, to remain the number one target, but it's just pretty refreshing to see. Yeah. Uh, number nine goes to a guy that we've, we've talked about in the past. I like this draft. I've, I've liked this guy ever since he got drafted. I talked about him when he got drafted uh, at, at length on this show, and that's T. Higgins. Uh, seven receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Had himself a hell of a game. Uh, T. Higgins have been playing hurt all year long, still putting up decent numbers. Uh, Joe Burrow's been been loving the crap out of him with Jamar Chase, uh, or currently injured with that hip pointer. Uh, I think Jamar Chase set to return this week. But T. Higgins, man, seven receptions, 114. I think he's probably the best number two receiver in all of football at the current moment. Yep. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to argue, you know, and you have like the best one, two, three punch in the receiver core, Tyler Boyd right behind him. Uh, but you know he's 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 performed very well as a number two in Jamar Chase's absence. So uh, if you got him on your fantasy, like I used to, I don't know what I did with him. You know, <laughs> hold on to him because uh, you know he's he's definitely uh, a compliment to uh, to old Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think that the the big body receiver is is something you don't see very often in the NFL. And T Higgins is one of those really big body receivers that can make catches in traffic and in the red zone he's he's become a red zone threat because of the fact that he's so physical and so in your face uh, i really like him a lot uh, another guy that i know you love that has mm-hmm. been very very dynamic is for the detroit lions i'm in ross st brown nine receptions 122 yards and a touchdown he had himself an incredible game um this guy was a guy when he got drafted tyler and i thought he was going to be a stud and mm-hmm. since then, he's proven to be a stud. He came on late last season. This year, he's been sort of playing hurt. I know he's been dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue. But in this game, nine receptions, 122, and a touchdown. Not too shabby there for Alamon yeah. Ra, huh? No, absolutely not. And, you know, he's he's a, a pretty good reason why they were able to hang with the Bills for so long. You know, uh, and just kind of a sidebar, uh, Jamal Williams, you know, is leading the, is leading this team, you know, on the ground. You know, he had 18 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. But for Amon Ra, you know, it, it's it's a great game. You know, it's, it's good to see him play. And and uh, we're going to hear a little bit about uh, Jamison Williams, uh, the other draft pick that uh, that they picked up. Um, so there's a hot preview there. But safe to say, Amon Ra St. Brown, is uh, his stock is looking up. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, number seven goes to Justin Herbert, 35 for 47, 274 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer, and in, in, I'm a card-carrying member of the Justin Herbert fan club. I'm a firm believer that Justin Herbert will have a a bust in Canton. I think he's just a stud, uh, and and not enough people give him credit. Uh, I think he's with a questionable coach. 
to be quite honest. I, I but I, I love the shit out of Justin Herbert. I think he's a, he's a stud with a great arm and he knows how to spread the ball around. Um, not enough people giving Justin Herbert the credit he deserves uh, this season for everything that he's been doing. And he's been doing it without his number one and number two receiver on the field a lot of games. So mm-hmm. Justin Herbert getting it done. Do you think he's still one of the best young quarterbacks in all the NFL? Absolutely. I mean, he 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 injured his ribs earlier on in the season. You know, we were there. Uh, you know, he played hurt. You know, he's, he's so he's showing a lot of grit. Yeah, but I wonder what uh, shampoo he uses for his hair. But uh, <laughs> but all all look all jokes aside, uh, this kid absolutely is a stud. You know, we saw it in Oregon. We've seen it these last couple of years. He could sneak his he could sneak these Chargers into the playoffs. You know, we could see a Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert showdown. Uh, once again, I mean, well, they're in the same division, yep. so uh, it, it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I think Justin Herbert. You know, Tyler is always says that that the Chargers are not playing, or, or their record doesn't reflect how well they're playing, and how mm-hmm. good that team is. And I think that's true. I, I think that that their record doesn't reflect it. Um, the Chargers are one of those teams that are still playing extremely well, and they're only six and five. I can only imagine what would happen if they got extremely hot and just started going on a tear. But I still do think that Justin Herbert is a stud and, and a future uh, star. He already is a star, but I think he's a, a future superstar in the NFL. Um, next up, another uh, another big star and a superstar right now, Jalen Hurt, 16 for 28, 153 yards. He had two touchdowns on the day. But he also had 17 carries for 157 yards. He had 310 yards of total offense by himself. Um, two touchdowns in this whole situation. He gets the win over the Packers. Jalen Hurts becoming a fixture on this list week over week. Uh, we, we constantly see him. I mean, is he one of the best quarterbacks in football? Do you think this season's an anomaly? What, what do you think this is? I don't know. I mean, we kind of laughed at Jalen Hurts, you know, because he was in Oklahoma. You know, but he was also at Alabama when Tua was uh, on the team. And yeah. uh, I got to tell you what, he's kind of making us eat our words. You know, uh, <laughs> like I said, when you run more than you pass, uh, it's a little, it's a little, it's telling. Uh, yeah. But he also, you know, he has a, 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 an arsenal of weapons at his disposal. Devontae Smith was the leading, was the leading receiver, four, four receptions for 50 yards. And A.J. Brown got four catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. So you know he has a he has a dynamic one-two punch in Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, you know, and Miles Sanders obviously is a weapon himself on the ground. Twenty-one carries, one forty-three yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, so it arguably could be made that you know Miles Sanders, you know, might be like one of those kid, one of those guys that's on the outside looking in, performance-wise. But absolutely, Jalen Hurts, you know, is is quite you know. He's he's a major part of why the Philadelphia Eagles only have one loss on their record and are the top team in the NFL in the NFC. Right. Uh, number five goes to a guy that's consistently shown up on this list. And spoiler alert, it actually gives him the lead in the MVP voting right now. Justin Jefferson, nine mm-hmm. receptions, 139 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jay Jets, baby, getting it done. I love Justin Jefferson. I he's my favorite player on this team. Um, and, and, you know, they're going to have to move on from old Kirky boy at, at mm-hmm. the contract if they're going to maintain Justin Jefferson and have him signed to a new deal. I believe that Justin Jefferson is one of the just I, I think he is the best receiver in all of football. I believe that I think he's mm-hmm. one of the dynamic playmakers in all of football. 
great hands, ability to make catches in traffic. He's fast. He plays well out of the slot and on the outside. He does everything right. And uh, mm-hmm. if the Minnesota Vikings didn't have him, I don't know what in the hell we would be doing. But Justin Jefferson, they need to get him a number two over there to compliment him a little bit. But nine receptions, 139, and a touchdown. Hell of a game against a very tough Patriots defense that had Jack Jones on full display uh, covering Je- Justin Jefferson, and even he couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Justin Jefferson winds up as number five on this list. I, I really do believe that he is something special. Um, yeah, well, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, he also threw a pass for 11 yards. So, yep, uh, definitely a dynamic player. That's one thing that people don't realize. Justin Jefferson has a hell of an arm. He really mm-hmm. does. He's got a hell of an arm. So just an interesting thing. I, I'm excited for this. I, I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what the future holds for him. I think he could be the best receiver in the history of the game if he continues on this torrid pace. Do you think, you think he might uh, be as good of a receiver as Chris Carter? You know, he, he's on his way. I, mm-hmm. I think he's, he's dynamic and special. If he becomes, you know, if he, if he continues on this pace, he'll be better than Chris Carter. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. Yep. Uh, number four goes to Miles Sanders. I know you were just talking about him. 21 carries, 143 yards. He had two touchdowns on the day. He had three receptions for 17 yards. Um, you know, the Eagles game plan kind of really, it played into Miles Sanders' hand, but it also was really kind of brilliant. The Packers have been giving up over five yards a carry uh, to running backs, and Miles Sanders no different in this situation. 21 mm. carries for 143. He had a huge game. Uh, gets it done. Three receptions, 17 yards. He had a great average. Uh, Miles Sanders, kind of one of those unsung heroes of the running back game, especially in Philly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Another major reason why they're so uh, successful this year. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is one of the most, well, their record, and this is one of those situations where uh, a team's record also speaks, you know, hey, oh, wow, they're the, one of the best teams in football. Yep. Well, their play is, is uh, solidifying that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. Um, number three goes to Mike White. Uh, you know, we talked about him. It, 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 whether or not it's an anomaly, I understand if it is. But it yeah, hard, does. Hard, it hard, to, hard it, to deny that, that that stat line is ridiculous. Yeah, it it. it Mike White, it, it could be a one-off. That's fine, but you know it doesn't change that, it, that the stat line is there. Uh, Twenty-two for twenty-eight, three fifteen, three touchdowns. Had himself a hell of a game. Um, I want to see whether or not this is fool's gold. I'm hoping it is because he is taking on my Vikings this week. Uh, so Mike White winds up as number three. We're going to see if that is a a you know just a one-off. Yep, he'll need to sign. He'll need to get the Bears a Christmas card for being a shitty defense. Yep, exactly. Uh, number two goes to Trevor Lawrence. We were just talking about him. 29 for 37, 321, three touchdowns in this game. It was probably his best game of the year. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is is starting to come into his own. I think he's starting to fit that Doug Peterson system really well, and I think he's starting to really, truly buy in. Best Trevor Lawrence has looked all year long, really for the last two years, if, I, if, if I'm being honest with you. I thought this was an outstanding game. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's refreshing to see. You know, I mean, I think I think really losing in the NFL really kind of helped, uh, you know, chip him and mold him uh, because otherwise, 
you know, he never lost in college. So he never got that humbling experience. So to have to have that first season with Urban Meyer and to now see the uh, the genesis uh, with Doug Peterson, you know, it's it's fun to see. Yeah. And speaking of humbling, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure the Seahawks run defense feels humbled. And I'm <laughs> sure that the uh, um, the Vegas Raiders front office feels humbled. Because Josh Jacobs, 33 carries, 229 yards, two touchdowns, including a game winner that went for 80, what was it, 89 yards. And then also six receptions, 74 yards. He had a 6.9 rushing average. He had 303 yards of total offense on the day. Josh Jacobs is uh, emphatically our number one this week. He's been on this list a couple of times this year, but this is the first time he's been number one. And holy shit balls, what a what a show. What yes. a show put out by Josh Jacobs. Number one with a bullet. You know, if you if you if you wanted to find a way to, to double bird your front office for screwing up screwing the pooch on your contract, this is one way to do it. Yeah, that was a huge game for him. So Josh Jacobs rounds up the uh top ten. Moving into the forgetful five. Alex, uh, this is the, the part of the show where we like to shit on people. Uh, and, and moving into the forgetful five, number one, no, number five we'll start with, obviously, Derrick Henry, 17 carries, 38 yards. He had a 2.2 average. You don't see Derrick Henry's name show up on the forgetful five very often. This is the first time this year. 17 carries for 38 yards. Ugh, man, a yeah. two, two average. Ugh, God, it's just not very Derrick Henry-like, but this is probably his worst game of the year. Yeah, bowling shoe ugly for sure. And a huge reason why the, the Tennessee Titans dropped that game. Yep, exactly. Uh, number four goes to Bryce Perkins, the backup quarterback for the LA Rams. 13 uh, for 23, 100 yards. He had one touchdown, two picks. Uh, Man. Yeah, gross game. Barely broke 100 yards. That's how you have a rough day. At I job. mean, Bryce, P- Bryce Perkins is no Matthew Stafford. It's like, who? <laughs> who? Yeah, I don't understand uh, why in the hell they started Bryce Perkins when they have John Wolford. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, mm. Three goes to Alvin Kamara, another name that you do not see on this forgetful five. Mm. Uh, he had seven carries for 13 yards. He had a 1.9 average. Terrible mm. game for Alvin Kamara. And believe it or not, it gets worse from there, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The, the, here's, here's a name you don't see on the list. Yeah, number two, Damian Pierce. This is the second week in a row Damian Pierce has wound up on this list, and I'm blown away by it. Five carries, eight yards, a 1.6 average. <laughs> I Ugly. The Alvin Kamara's 1.9 average, but Damian Pierce somehow managed it for the second week in a row to have the worst average in all of football. Whew. I mean, that's this is bad news. I mean, uh, granted, it's as we talked about before, it's probably because the Texans is a, just an absolute dumpster fire. The offensive line can't get anything going. Uh, quarterback situation's a mess. You know, this whole team is just a mess. And you know, yeah. the, they're gonna they're gonna have to go into the draft and really ha- and really try to swing you know swing for the fences. Yeah, a one dimensional offense is never a good thing, and I think that's where the Texans are at. They have a one dimensional offense. Uh, and, and teams are just stuffing Damian Pierce, and it, it doesn't surprise me one bit. And then number one goes to the Seahawks rushing defense. <laughs> Three yards <laughs> given up a total to Josh Jacobs, 74 through the air. The, the, I mean, 229 on the ground. I mean, I just 
Oof. Oof. So Seattle's defense winds up getting the uh, number one there. Um, now moving into our rookie rankings. So we've, we've, I know Tyler and I usually do a combined rookie rankings this week. We're not going to get that. Obviously, it's just going to be me. Um, but a few things that we're going to be looking at here on the outside looking in, uh, we, we did have some shifting there. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson winds up at number five on the outside looking in. He's starting to find his uh, footing here. Number four still goes to Jaquan Brisker. He's the safety out of Chicago. He's having himself a, a decent year. Braxton Jones sitting at number three, the offensive tackle out of Chicago. Number two, Kayvon Thibodeau starting to, to mm. arrive again. He He's uh, the defensive end out of the New York Giants. And then Christian Watson goes number one right now on the outside looking in. He's a wide receiver out of Green Bay, having himself a hell of a three weeks here. Starting to finally put it all together. We'll see if he can break the top 10, which he's getting awfully close given who our number 10 guy is. Number 10 goes to Drake London. Uh, he's got a 75.8 PFF grade, 76.8 receiving grade. Here's the problem. Drake mm-hmm. London is not putting up the numbers that you need him to put up. He was targeted three times. He only caught two. He dropped one. Uh, he had a 60 PFF grade for the week. His overall grades fell this week. I mean, it's just he is not being utilized properly. I don't feel like it's Drake London's fault, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, I, yeah. I he you still got to produce, right? And and if you're not producing, you're not going to wind up on this list. We have graciously left Drake London as number 10 on this list for several weeks now, and here we are. Like he is like teetering on the edge like about to fall off the cliff here yep and you know and i think uh, arthur smith might be the person to push him off right because <laughs> as you said he's probably one of the worst head coaches in football I uh, really- not not knowing how to uh utilize this kid i mean come on you have you have a, a top tier talent here use him yeah and they haven't they haven't used him effectively so drake london winds up as 10 he's he's on the on the cusp of being off here number nine goes to Tariq Wollen. Uh, the corner out of Seattle, he had a 70.8 PFF grade, a 70.9 coverage grade, 63.7 run defense grade. He had a decent game versus Vegas, but it was nothing huge. He still needs to work on his tackling. His tackling grades were very low. Um, Tariq Woolen has turned out to be a, an incredible talent for Seattle. He's, he's a really solid corner. Um, he could be a number one corner for them if he continues to develop the right way. Uh, yeah, I like Tariq Woolen a lot. Uh, there are other corners in this draft that came out of this draft class that are still performing better than him overall, but Tariq Woolen, man, he, he winds up, uh, getting it done. Um, and, and winds up as number nine. I think Seattle kind of, another, they're one of those teams that kind of hit one of the corner lotteries there and there's, yep. And Tariq Woolen is it. Um, number eight goes to Jack Jones. Uh, he winds up the, the corner out of new England. This is a fall for him. Believe it or not, Jack Jones winding up at number eight. Um, it is a a huge fall for a guy that that I mean, we were talking about him being top three at one point. I mean, this is a yep. big drop. Yep, and I think it says right here, you know, he gave up a perfect passer rating uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, and yep. he couldn't shut down Justin Jefferson, and he and his coverage grade suffered for it, forty five point one. So it's you know, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a tumble. Uh, you know, because of the fact that, you know, he, he was playing the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah. But at, at the same time, you know, against these top tier teams, you have to show up. And he didn't. He didn't show up. And and that's the thing that, that really kind of gets me about it. Jack Jones did not play well in that game. So 
he winds up as number eight. Uh, number seven goes to Damian Pierce. This is another one that falls down. Two weeks ago, we had da- Tyler had, because of the combined rookie scores, Tyler had Damian Pierce sitting in the top three. Right now, Damian Pierce, I have him at number seven, a 79.4 PFF grade. He still has an 85.5 rushing grade. But this is the second week in a row where he had terrible yardage, he had a terrible average, and he had a 44.9 overall grade. Second week in a row where Damian Pierce has kind of shit the bed. We've talked about this. It's a one-dimensional mm-hmm. offense in Houston, and here we are. You know, Damian Pierce he, seven. If he if he has a bad if he has another bad game, you know, especially a consecutive bad game, you think he falls off this list entirely? <clears throat> I, if he has one more bad game, I think he goes down. He he moves down a little bit more depending on what Jack Jones and Tariq Woolen does. But four games in a row, I don't know. We yeah. might. Be- of Damian Damian Pierce on the outside looking in, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that whole thing about uh, I don't know what player you were comparing him to, but I think we might have to start uh, rubbing that out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number six goes to Kenneth Walker. A little bit of a drop for him, the running back out of Seattle. He had a 71.8 PFF grade, 78.1 rushing grade, 79 pass blocking grade. This is here the, is the second week in a row where he's had a bad yardage number. Um, he did redeem himself with some decent passing numbers, some receiving numbers. Um, he had two touchdowns on the day. He needs to rediscover that explosiveness from previous weeks. He's been shut down for two weeks in a row. Both these guys have. Um, we got to see more from Kenneth Walker here. And, and uh, he winds up at number six. I think last week he was four. He drops down. And, uh, yeah, we, we need to, to – be concerned. Do you think there's a reason to be concerned about Kenneth Walker? Do you think he rediscovers the the power and explosiveness that we've seen in previous weeks? I think he has an opportunity to rediscover that explosiveness. But you know, the, I, you, you do want to have you do want to have the panic button on standby because again, those Seahawks are sitting at six and five, and yep. they're a game, but they're two games behind, or at least one game behind San Francisco 49ers. So if if they have a if they want to get a shot at making the playoffs, you know this kid uh, needs to turn the Jets on, um, and you know if 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 they win the division, great. But you know really, I think you ju- you're just looking to get it. You you're just looking to sneak in, and the one way to do that is to improve your play. Yep. Number five goes to Martin Emerson, the corner out of Cleveland. Uh, you know, I know Martin Emerson's a guy that Tyler has not been big on all year long, doesn't think highly of him at all. Martin Emerson winds up at five this week. You know what? The the guy we talked about versus the Bucks that Chris Godwin had himself a hell of a game. Guess who was guarding Chris Godwin all game? Denzel Ward. Guess yeah. who uh, had the better game and shut down Mike Evans? Martin Emerson. Yeah. And on top of it, Martin Emerson's his uh, PFF grade went up. He's got a 73.3 this week. 72.4 pass rush grade and a 75.7 coverage grade. Very, very good scores. Um, he's played well for the for the Browns. He's been the best corner they've had on the field. So Martin Emerson winds up as number five, which I think is is a very uh, the perfect spot for him right now. Uh, n- number four goes to a guy who's been improving a lot though, and and mm-hmm. he's been so hit or miss. I've compared him to the Tyler Lockett of our time. You know, I think Garrett Wilson officially is the uh, – he's sort of the when – I, when I talk about the victim of quarterback play, mm-hmm. quarterback play, Garrett Wilson's like the poster child. 
because he winds up, you know, getting Zach Wilson on the field and he, his, his grades suffered, but now Mike White has one good game and his grades have skyrocketed. We got to see if Mike White can do it again, but Garrett Wilson right now, 77.3 PFF grade. He has an 81.8 receiving grade. He had a great game against a very questionable Chicago defense. You know, otherwise he'd be a little bit higher on this list. Mm -hmm. uh, probably higher than Chris Olave, who is our number three, spoiler alert. But uh, Garrett Wilson, five receptions for 95 yards. He did have two touchdowns on the on the game. One more catch, and we're talking about him in the top uh, in the top 10 for that week um, in, in our uh, top 10 rankings. You know, so... Yeah, He's about one one catch away from from being listed there, but in, instead he winds up as number four on the rookie rankings. He's he's climbing. Uh, he's he's been a little all over the place. At one point he was one, and then he's dropped as low as like nine, and then he's come back up, and now he's back at four. He's been you know a little little wacky, but he's mm -hmm. he, right now he's at four. I think it's about the right spot for him given circumstances and given the. Uh, the trouble that he's he's had over certain weeks to get the ball. Yep, and and really it it comes you know a quarterback play has been a huge part of that. You know, uh, Joe Flacco has has better rapport with him than Zach Wilson. Obviously, Mike White has better rapport with him because he was because he's throwing the ball to him more times. So you know, I, I think this is a part of a you know Zach Wilson's uh, you know it's time for him to grow up a little bit. You know, uh, the fact that you know he got benched you know, is, is leading to this. So there's seismic shifts going on, on this team, you know, based on one player's crappy attitude and yep. it's showing here. Exactly. Uh, speaking of bad quarterback play, number three, Chris Olave, the wide receiver from new Orleans, he winds up being the victim of bad quarterback play as well, but he's still, he's getting it done. 83.6 PFF grade, 84.5 receiving grade. He could use some work on his run blocking, but, you know, he's still having a hell of a year. Five receptions, 62 yards last week. Um, he's been the only consistent playmaker on the offense for the, the Saints for weeks outside of Alvin Kamara's one, like, three-touchdown game that he had a couple weeks back. But Olave's the guy, you know, in yep. spite of the bad quarterback play, in spite of Andy Dalton not being able to get done, we're, we're talking about Chris Olave, right? Yep, absolutely. He's been on this list, you know, consistently week after week. And, you know, so that's pr the, pr the proof is in the pudding. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, if, if, he, if he gets a better quarterback, you know, he'll start skyrocketing, you know, because yeah. um, he, you know, he's, he's one of the two better receivers out of that Ohio State draft class. Uh, you know, obviously he's a Buckeye, you know how I feel about him, but uh, to see him on this list consistently week after week, you know, it's, uh, you know, despite the fact that he's has Andy Dalton as his quarterback, that's something special. Yeah. Uh, number two goes to a guy that we know you love, the Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Yes, uh, the, 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 the Sauce Boss. Yeah, the Sauce Boss, uh, the corner out of the New York Jets. He has an 86.7 PFF grade, 68 cover run or run defense grade 66.7 pass rush and an 88.9 coverage grade um he had a true get right game against the mm -hmm. chicago uh, he only gave up one reception on three passes the one the one pass was for 33 yards it, it went over his head um it was a hell of a catch but i mean it realistically sauce gardner had himself a hell of a game <clears throat> and he winds up as number two on the list <clears throat> because of kyle hamilton now we uh we preach reliability on this show. That's something mm -hmm. that I've I've preached. The the biggest thing about being on the field is not being injury prone, being available and reliable. Number one goes to Kyle Hamilton. Um yep. 
he was injured this last week. He did not play versus Jacksonville due to a knee injury. Um, I will say if he doesn't play for a second week in a row, he's likely going to come down from that number one spot, barring a bad game from Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. But Kyle Hamilton right now, he's got an 86.9 PFF grade. He's got a 75-point run run defense grade, 76.9 pass rush grade, 85.1 coverage grade. When he's on the field, Kyle Hamilton is like the poster child of consistency. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, these are great numbers across the board, all around. Kyle Hamilton is right now, as far as I'm concerned, the best safety still in football. And uh, he deserves to be number one right here. He might come down, though, if he can't get his ass on the field. Um, so we're going to find out. I know right now, as it currently stands, he has been cleared to play for today. So he he's expected to play. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, what do you think of him? I, I, I think, you know, just like you said, you know, um, definitely one of the best safeties in football. You know, the grades show it. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, he, that knee injury is very concerning, you know, because the Baltimore Ravens defense has always been an injury ward, you know, uh, especially in recent years. And this is no different. So to have him not on the field is a problem. You know, I, I would probably be mashing the panic button if he doesn't make a swift return uh, to the team. I mean, they're barely hanging out of that AFC North lead. They're tied. They're in a dead heat with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so I think with Kyle Hamilton, they are the better team than the Cincinnati Bengals, although Joe Cool is starting to come up from behind. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in weeks uh, to come. Uh, but as it, as it stands right here, right now, he's number one. He's the best rookie in, out of this class. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he um, he's something special. And mm-hmm. and when I saw that, that uh, um, when I when I saw that that he didn't get drafted by the Minnesota Vikings after he fell into their lap, I was infuriated. You got to see me freak out. Um, <laughs> yep, we've we've heard, we've seen we've seen this story a couple different times, but you know it, it bears it, you know it bears repeating in some respect. Yeah, but it, you know you got to see me freak out, and and here we are. You know, and and I mm-hmm. everyone called me crazy and Vikings Twitter. You know, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, Lewisine's a better pick. Lewisine's been on the shelf since week three. <clears throat> Kyle Hamilton, while there's a knee injury, he's still he's played more. He's still been on the field more. Um, he's still going to be back on the field this week. He's still playing better than Lewisine. I mean, he's he's been a starter. So I mean, I yeah, I just I I'm I'm a firm believer in Kyle Hamilton, and and I believe that he is the best safety in football still. Um, right now. And, and that's tough for me to say because I'm a Harrison Smith guy, but, mm, yep. <laughs> but it's, uh, at the end of the day, uh, Kyle Hamilton winds up as number one in the rookie rankings. Now, uh, Alex, we've got some news around the league to jump into. Um, we've got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So let's talk about it. Uh, first and foremost, the bears quarterback, Justin Fields, he avoids the injury report this week. He's set to return this week versus the Packers. Is this bad news bears for the Packers? You know, as, as much as we hate to admit it, I believe it is. Uh, it's, it's, you know, if Boston Fields can get his legs going and he, and he runs, you know, kind of like Jalen hurts, you know, yep. he, a poor man's Jalen hurts. Uh, you know, I think we could see 
you know, it's dire straits for the Packers, which, you know, always fills my heart with glee. Uh, so, you know, um, good to, good to see the kid get back on the field. Uh, we'll see, uh, if he cooks or if he gives us, uh, uh, ravioli and SpaghettiOs. (laughs) We're we're, going to find out, but ultimately we're going to see, uh, old Boston fields back on the field. Uh, next up, also around that that same game, Packers offensive tackle David Bakhtiari. He undergoes emergency an emergency appendectomy. There we go. Easy for me to say. He's going to miss week 13 uh, with that situation. Is David Bakhtiari just like the most injury-prone person you've ever fucking met in your entire life? Well, I just – I feel like he's hurt all the time. I mean, I, I, I haven't – I don't uh, peruse the injury reports as much as you do, though I will say – you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. And Green Bay cannot afford, you know, they need all the weapons they can get. And uh, your offensive line is basically going to keep your quarterback protected, uh, Jordan Love protected or Aaron Rodgers protected, whatever. And uh, you don't want to go down one player. And, and uh, I think, you know, this is just another just another nail in the coffin, so to speak. Right. Uh, next up. You know, moving forward, uh, well, also with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, he exited the game versus the Eagles due to a rib injury this past week. Jordan Love came into the game. He played exceptionally well. Uh, Rodgers is expected to play Sunday versus the Bears. Um, do you think he winds up getting benched in this situation? Do you think that that uh, people are going to be start calling for Jordan Love to go back out there? Well, I mean, he, he said, hey, the scans look good, but um, but I'll tell you what, uh, it, if we see the kind of play that we saw from him last week, you know, if for some reason, you know, the, the coach decides to swap him out, you know, we could see we could see Aaron Rodgers warming the bench for the rest of the season, which is a kind of a scary thing because Jordan Love, you know, is coming into his prime as Aaron Rodgers is exiting his prime. So we'll have to see. Yeah, we're going to find out. A lot of people are talking about how Aaron Rodgers could be deactivated uh, sooner rather than later. So we're going to we're going to find out if if Aaron Rodgers is going to be around. Um, speaking of that game, the Packers versus the Eagles, uh, Eagles defensive back C.J. Gardner Johnson, he's out indefinitely after suffering a lacerated kidney in that game. Oof. It was kind of a scary hit. It was a weird thing. He stood there for a minute and then you know kind of kneeled down and and it was just. It was weird. It was a weird scene, but yeah, he suffers a lacerated kidney. Uh, Gardner Johnson, he's been leading the league in interceptions this year. He's played extremely well for the Eagles. I mean, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of of um, Gardner Johnson because of the fact that uh, you know he was kind of an asshole when he was with the uh, when he was with the uh, uh, Saints, but then he comes over to the Eagles and he's just played so well, and and he's been an excellent addition for them. So lacerated kidney for him out indefinitely. Um, we'll see if he comes back. Huge loss for this Eagles defense, right? Absolutely. I mean, you, you need all the weapons you can get. Like I said before, um, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't press the panic button if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan because uh, your offense is going to carry you to uh, to the victory against this Tennessee uh, this Tennessee team. But uh, you definitely you definitely want to hope that uh, he you know pulls you know pulls it out because lacerated kidney that sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, that just that sounds fucking miserable, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So elsewhere around the league, uh, the Rams quarterback Matt Stafford he cleared concussion protocol, but he's ruled out versus the Seahawks backup QB John Wolford will get the start. Um. You know. 
Stafford has had such a horrible, um, such a horrible uh, a year. He's been placed on IR now due to that neck injury. By the way, uh, I, I think he's kind of done. I think Stafford is cooked. I think you know we're we're going to be talking about a neck injury and he's going to be out for the year. But then I also think that Matt Stafford is going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. I keep I keep saying that people mm-hmm. say I'm crazy. I think we're talking about Tommy John for him and his elbow. I think Matt Stafford has this is this is like a typical Matt Stafford year. He's having a bad year and then he gets hurt to finish out the year. This is this is mm-hmm. like like he's on the Lions all over again, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, I think it all started with that big hit from the Cleveland Browns in his rookie season, you know, right. and he played hurt. You know, I think he's played hurt a lot, you know, and now it's starting to catch up to him. I mean, this is just, you know, it's it's just one more thing to pile on top of this Rams season where I, I have never seen a team that just won a Super Bowl fall so hard. I mean, it's it's sad. Yeah. And speaking of which, speaking of that team, it, the, the hits just keep coming. Rams wide receiver Allen Robinson, he underwent foot surgery this week. He's set to miss the, end of the rest of the season, too. Not mm-hmm. a huge loss, but still the hits keep coming. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Allen Robinson going down with an injury. I mean, I, he hasn't been anything spectacular for them, mm-hmm. but it's still one more weapon. One more yeah. thing. You know, yeah, to deal- I, I, and you hate to see it. I mean, he wasn't much. It was like a pea shooter, what kind of a weapon? But uh, it's it's still bad news, you know. And you know, they thought Allen Robinson was going to really help. He didn't. Yeah, and the you hits, know, also, it, you know, the hits also keep coming for the Rams too. Defensive tackle Aaron Donald, he now has an ankle injury. He said to miss the first game of his career due to an injury versus the Chiefs this Sunday. Uh, oh, that's going to be. Know. <laughs> I think we're just going to call it now. The Chiefs are just going to run this team over. I mean, talk about an inopportune injury. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I feel like this, this Rams team is just DOA at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, I, well, they were DOA for a while, but I mean, this is just the exclamation point. Yeah. You know, if Patty Mahomes doesn't put up 40 points against this defense, I'll be surprised. Yeah. They're, they're just going to curb stomp them into oblivion. Um, also around the league, a former Ram, now a current Bill Von Miller. He was placed on IR due to a knee injury. He'll see, he's going to at least miss the next four games for the Bills. Big loss for them. Uh, Von Miller has been a a stud on that on that uh, defense. Everybody kind of questioned ourselves included. They we we all kind of sat here going, uh, you know, Von Miller. You know, he's kind of older. It's kind of a bad contract mm-hmm. signing for all that money over that length of time. And da da da. He's been great this year, and yep. uh, he's been making that Bills defense look strong. So Von Miller will miss at least the next four games. Do you think the Bills are going to be able to uh, continue? You know, making their way <laughs> to a playoff picture. Do you think it were, you know, that that they're going to be missing him too much on that defense? What's the story? Well, I'll tell you, um, I mean, like we said, they started, they've been starting to lose steam, the Bills. Yep. And uh, having Vaughn Miller off the field is, is obviously a huge loss. Uh, you know, and, uh, real quick, we have to correct ourselves. Uh, Los Angeles uh, Rams are going to be going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, so, but, but I mean, if, if, if the, if the Rams and the Chiefs are going to be fight, facing off at some point during the season and Aaron Donald's still not on the field, I, I stand by what I said earlier. Uh, but moving on to, uh, you know, the Bills, you know, with this with with Von Miller on the shelf, 
you know, obviously it, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. I don't, I'm, I'm not pressing the panic button because I have Josh Allen and I have Stefan Diggs. I have uh, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, and I have Devin Singletary. So yeah. I, I think, you know, they're going to be okay. Uh, I mean, obviously they'll have one of the tougher schedules in football. They got the entire NFC, AFC East to deal with. And then they got a, a cupcake game against the Bears and uh, a showdown against the Bengals. So you know it, it's gonna it's gonna be rough, but I think that you, they're gonna be okay. Yeah, I uh, yes, I I do have to correct myself because I was uh, the Rams took on the Chiefs last week, and I, I that's definitely why I marked that yeah, down we, news. So it was my fault there. But um, but but you know, but, you know, Geno Smith definitely has an opportunity to really uh, you know, put the cut the kibosh on this team, you know, with Aaron Donald, with, with Aaron Donald out. I mean, it's, it's concerning. Right. It's going to be a mess over there, especially, and, and that's going to be kind of helpful for Kenneth Walker. So hooray for mm-hmm. my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Next up around the, uh, speaking of the chiefs, we just got done mentioning the chiefs. Uh, they will go out and pick up wide receiver, Brian Edwards and place him on the practice squad. And then on top of it, the Broncos waived running back Melvin Gordon, and the Chiefs went and picked him up as well, placed him on the practice squad. So the Chiefs grabbing up players. Um, you know, I don't think Melvin Gordon has anything to write home about at this point. I think he's kind of cooked. But um, mm-hmm. Chiefs are, are looking for, for answers at the running back position and making sure that they have the depth. I think Melvin Gordon could fill in well over there, and I yep. think Andy Reid is something of a, a running back whisperer, as Tyler likes to put it. So – you know, this could be a uh, good situation for everybody involved, right? I think it's. I think it best benefits uh, Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon was part of a Broncos team uh, that he was not happy about. You know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett again is probably one of the worst coaches in football, and Russell Wilson is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in football, given his pedigree and given his contract. Right. So to get out of that dumpster fire uh, known as the Denver Broncos and to get to a team uh, that'll take care of him. You know, that's definitely something to look forward to for Melvin Gordon. Plus, you know, it helps the Chiefs out. You know, they they get some much-needed depth at running back. Right, right. It'll be a good thing for the Chiefs. Um, Speaking of the Broncos, as you mentioned, Nathaniel Hackett. So Broncos quarterback Russ Wilson had a birthday party thrown for him this past week. I I was going to ask you about this because I knew it was sitting in the back of my head. Yeah. Uh, Only about half the team showed up. Uh, several reports are coming out about this supposed division in the locker room that is occurring in Denver. Uh, head coach Nathaniel Hackett has denied the rumors, but I got to be honest with you, Alex. I don't think these guys really like Russ Wilson. Um, I think they think he's an arrogant dick. I think he's got his, and my understanding is he's got his own office in the stadium. Oh, my uh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people think that, that Russ will, and, and, it would be one thing if Russ Wilson came there and was playing up to his contract. We yeah. always talk about guys playing up to your contract. And I don't think Russ Wilson has played up to his contract, I mean, from the rip, right? Absolutely not. We were we talked about it week one. We said, oh, oh they're going to go in and curb stomp the Seattle Seahawks. Nope. nope. <laughs> Russell Wilson dropped that game. And, you know, and the, and, you know, the Denver Broncos, you know, they're sitting there at the bottom of their division, which is probably one of the most competitive divisions in the AFC. So to be three and eight in one of the, in the, in the more competitive conference is like, eh, you know, that's just, it's, it's like, 
what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, absolute mess. And then they have their work cut out for them this week. They're going to be taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Ravens are going to have corner Marlon Humphrey and safety Kyle Hamilton back on the field. I think that's a huge boon for the, uh, the old Ravens here, right? Oh, absolutely. If Kyle Hamilton's back on the field, watch out. I mean, he's, he's the best safety in football for a reason. You know, I want Kyle Hamilton to pick Russell Wilson off at least one time. Let's see if we can get two. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, that really, it'll really just put the nail in old Russ's coffin, and then we could probably have him turn in his chef's apron. Yeah, I, I think he does need to turn in the chef's apron. And uh, the Ravens do have some interesting uh, news for them. Uh, their offensive coordinator, Greg no- Roman, is now the leading candidate for the Stanford football head coaching job. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually like Greg Roman a lot, and I think he would be an excellent fit over there. This is a step in the right direction for him, becoming a head coach in the college league, uh, college ball, and then being able to come back up into the pros. Usually that's how you get your head coaching positions, right? So this is a good opportunity for him, and it's probably going to be really good money, and it's also going to be a, a really good chance to show his chops as a head coach, get brought up in the NFL, and be a head coach in the NFL, right? Yep. Well, I mean, it kind of worked for Jim Harbaugh. You know, he was the head coach at Stanford, and then he went to the 49ers uh, and head coached there. And he got him to a Super Bowl. Granted, he didn't win. So, you know, and now, now obviously Jim's back in college. But, you know, this you're, to your point, you know, it's, it's a good step in the right direction. And we'll see if he has the ability to transition to a head coaching job in the National Football League. Yep, and the fact that Jim Harbaugh was over in Stanford, let's think about it. Greg Roman is currently working with John Harbaugh over there in mm-hmm. Baltimore as the offensive coordinator. So he's got the Harbaugh name behind him. It's got to help. So mm-hmm. he, that might be a, a huge reason why he is one of the uh, one of the top candidates over there. Um, elsewhere around that division, Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase, he is expected to play Week 13 versus the Chiefs. That's who the Chiefs are playing. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Jamar Chase being back, that's a huge thing for the uh, the old Bengals there, right? Yep, big AFC Championship rematch, and uh, it, and this and Jamar Chase's return could not have come at a better time, you know. And and the Bengals are starting to heat up again, so expect an absolute classic. Yeah, I'm I'm extremely fired up for this one. I I think it's going to be a, a good time. Also around that division, Steelers running back Najee Harris did exit the game versus the Colts due to an abdominal injury. He is listed as question for week 13. Um, Najee has had a rough year. It has not been a good year for Najee Harris. And, uh, you know, here we go. <laughs> Najee having himself a, a uh, tough time here with the injuries now. The injury bug has, has gotten him. Um, they've got a matchup versus the Falcons this weekend. And, on the other side, with the Falcons, tight end Kyle Pitts he's undergoes uh, season-ending knee surgery. Mm. Do you think this open thing op- will open things up for for Drake London at this point? I mean, we can only hope. I mean, if Arthur Smith can pull his head out of his ass and realize that he really he's really the only weapon he has left, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, come on, dude, it, it's right there. It's 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 black and white. What what are we doing here? Yep, that's it. And then around the uh, around that same division, uh, the Bucks, their direct competition with the Falcons, right tackle Tristan Wirfs. He's expected to miss three to four weeks with an ankle injury. That's a huge loss. That Bucks offensive line mm-hmm. has already been suspect. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are. We're losing <laughs> Tristan Wirfs now, uh, who has been a stud for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Been one of those stalwart guys. 
and they're taking on a very tough Saints defensive front that loves to blitz quarterbacks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, and, and it's division rival, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's, you know, better, one of the better defenses in the national football league. I mean, and Tom Brady is the one carrying his team on his back right now. Right. This is, this is a, this is going to be interesting. I, I have to take a look at the picks. You know, you know what? Um, just, just to kind of a preview that I, you know, I, I did pick one team. I may have to change that pick, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bucks. I mean, not having Tristan worse. I think the saints are in, in deep shit anyway, because of the fact that, that, uh, you know, Andy Dalton is not worth a shit, but at right. the same time, uh, Tristan Wirfs not being there, man. Tom Brady could get slapped around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of guys that are affiliated with old Tommy Brady, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the Niners have announced that they are very open to Garoppolo returning in 2023 all of a sudden. It does look like, uh, you know, the old experiment there. The the, the trade-up did not work well for that, that nice first-round quarterback, that nice, shiny first-round quarterback that they got. Um, uh, and here we are Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, mm-hmm. turning to the Niners. Unbelievable. Well, uh, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you what, you know, I think he's kind of earned, uh, that designation. I mean, you know, obviously with Trey Lance, you know, they had the first four games and they didn't look very good. And then Jimmy G comes in and, uh Oh, here we go. Now they're a top threat in the NFC. So, uh, you know, it, I believe it's merited. You know, it's going to, you know, I don't think that you're going to get too much. Well, they don't have any picks anyway. So I think they kind of painted themselves into a corner with all the trades, you know, um, they, they, they flushed all their, they, they, they hurled all their draft picks at the Carolina Panthers to get run CMC. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, this is, it's, it's the, it's the decision that makes the most sense. Right. Um, next up. Vikings, they're they're losing defensive backs. Uh, corner Andrew Booth Jr. He's placed on IR due to a meniscus injury that will require surgery. Oof. You know, I called Andrew Booth the. Uh, I said that he wasn't a good draft pick at the corner position. I know there was a lot of hype about about Andrew Booth and his, his ability, but the problem is, is that you can be as able bodied as you want. If you can't stay on the field, nobody gives a shit. You're not going to be worth anything to me. Right. So. Um, yeah, the uh, Andrew Booth going down with an injury, and it kind of sucks. The Vikings have been dealing with injuries at the corner position all year long. Cam Dantzler being out. Now we're talking Andrew Booth being out, which leaves a Caleb Evans to come in, who's actually played extremely well. Um, so this is going to be a tough one, but at the same time, Andrew Booth, are we? I'm not surprised, right? This is this is what what his mo is. He's had a laundry list. He's had a receipt of injuries. And and now people are going to be surprised that Andrew Booth is going to be out. Well, I think it's I think it comes back to what we've talked you know we, we've talked about this before. How about this is possibly the Minnesota Vikings' worst draft, uh, one of the worst drafts they've had. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of it's weird that you know their record is so good, but that's because of the existing players that they have. But as far as far as this draft class, they Quasi has made some uh, ridiculous decisions. Uh, you know, one of which you know ended up getting uh, getting us getting you know the Detroit Lions getting Jamison Williams. Uh I thought it was I thought it was baffling that they traded uh down to the last round to the last pick of the first round and the last pick of the second round. I th- I thought both of those moves were like, "Huh? 
So, you know, one more reason why this draft class is huge, hugely sus. Yeah, this this draft class has been a mess. And if you recap it at this point in time, uh, Lewis seen out with an injury in week three. He's done for the, the year. Um, you got Andrew Booth. Uh, he's basically done for the year. Um, he's he's basically, you know, going to be toast at this point. It requires surgery. And then you're talking about Ed Ingram, who's been one of the worst guards in football. The only positive thing that came out of this entire draft class has been Brian Osamoa, the linebacker out of Alabama. So I, you know, it's it's a, a rough go so far for Quasey. I'm waiting for the moment when people start calling out his awful draft classes because this one was terrible. So hopefully next year will be a better year. Um, speaking of Jamison Williams and draft classes, uh, he has yeah. been active from the non-football injury list before Sunday's game versus the Jags. He will start today. So that's exciting. And um, also the Vikings, uh, you know, they're taking on the Jets this week. Uh, Running back James Robinson is now angry with his new team after being a healthy scratch last week. Um, He said, obviously, I didn't come here not to play. And uh, I I agree with that assessment. Um, You know, first of all, starting with the Jamison Williams thing. Jamison Williams. I believe, and I still believe that uh, I, I believed it back then. If he stays in the national title game, the Alabama Crimson Tide wins the national championship because mm-hmm. zero answers for him. Georgia did. They had no answers for that man. He was torching them. And then he got hurt. And now then Georgia took control. I believe Jamison Williams staying in that game gives them a national championship, whether anybody wants to believe it or not. And I know it's a lot of speculation, and I know it's a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yep. Today, I believe that. Um, and, so it, 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 so it's very exciting to see you know him uh, aside. I'm Ross St. Brown. You know that could be that could possibly turn into. I'm very excited about this prospect to be one of the more. Uh, Potent one-two punches in football. I believe that it will. I, I believe the Lions Lions offense is frightening right now. Mm-hmm. It's a terrifying offense, and and I don't know what in the hell we're going to do to com- the Vikings are going to combat it. I don't know what teams around this league are going to do to combat it. The Lions offense is is incredible. It was very good already. Now it's about to be incredible, and I'm like, oh my lord! Mm-hmm. All it takes is is some really good defensive picks and some really good defensive free agents, and the Lions, we're, we're having a different conversation about the Detroit Lions, you know, and, and this time next year, we could be talking about them being, you know, top dogs. I mean, it, it's scary. They've put together yep. a great team so far. Yep, and, you know, they got the Jaguars this week, and they got the Vikings next week, so you you have seven days. Your, your boys have seven days to figure out if you're going to be able to stop Jameson Williams or not. Very scary situation, and the Lions also have, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the second or third most cap space in the entire NFL moving into the offseason. Uh, speaking of which, the salary cap is going to exceed, for the, it's likely going to exceed $220 million in 2023. It's a huge jump. We're talking about uh, anywhere from 12 to $15 million jump in salary cap space. So the Lions will get even more calories, or salary cap space. And a lot of other people, a lot of other teams will get a lot more uh, mm-hmm. cap relief if they're right up against, if they're butted right up against the cap, they're going to get some cap relief and get some wiggle room. You know, 
that salary cap, man, it's going to keep going up. And I kept saying, I kept saying that I believe that the salary cap is going to wind up at $300 million very, very soon. And a $12 million jump or a $15 million jump, that's nothing to sneeze at. I think we're heading toward mm-hmm. that $300 million, uh salary cap, in which case, you know, contracts are going to get bigger. But I yep. think we're headed toward three, a $300 million, uh, salary cap, don't you? Yep, absolutely. I, I I think we're starting on the uptrend. I, I think that's because, you know, we're we're seeing more and more of these dynamic players like these Jalen Hurtses and uh you know these Josh Jacobses, you know, uh not only that, the league made some really, really great business decisions uh to to garner revenue. I mean, the the streaming situation with Amazon mm-hmm. I thought was brilliant. They went out there and they got that, that contract. They're they're streaming stuff on Peacock and they have a great contract with NBC for Monday Night Football and, and Sunday Night Football and all this other stuff. So, I mean, it's they, they've they developed a situation. And now the NFL Plus. Yeah, NFL Plus. They've got their own basically uh, uh, pay-to-stream situation on their own, so they're really not going through an intermediary a whole lot. The, the Amazon contract was humongous. It was a massive deal. So, I mean, like you you just look at what the league did to, to generate revenue. So that they're able to, you know, where other teams are able to have a higher salary cap, they're able to sign more star players. I mean, people are, are going to be able to get the money that they deserve. It's going to be yeah. uh, make for an interesting time, and it's going to give these teams a lot more wiggle room, I think, uh, ultimately in the future. So uh, that 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 could be huge for the league. And and one guy that will be affecting that salary cap will be free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Um, yeah, I feel like Odell is kind of like the groundhog. He just kind of like pops out, uh, uh, you know, in like week nine, and then whatever team he goes to is the team that's going to go to the Super Bowl, right? It's like six more <laughs> weeks to winner. No, Odell pops up, and they're going to the bowl. So <laughs> Odell is meeting with the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Bills. Uh, those are his uh, three potential destinations. He did get thrown off a plane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he did get thrown off a plane because he was sleeping and didn't put his seatbelt on and didn't realize, and then he woke up and they, somebody was yelling at him for not putting his seatbelt on, allegedly, according to his attorney. And he said, oh, I'll put my seatbelt on, and they threw him off the plane. I And, and a lot they're saying it's a, just an overzealous, uh, you know. An overzealous flight attendant uh, is, the, is the defense attorney's claim. Uh, I mean, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what comes out you know what other details come out as time progresses but you know there's no he's i think he's this generation's terrell owens yeah (laughs) drama seems to follow him wherever he goes yeah yeah yeah, i agree he's he's becoming a mess which team do you think he's gonna pick though um he may end up picking the dallas cowboys um i'm thinking that you know they just have the pedigree there uh jerry jones obviously will have the money um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, I could, I could probably see him going to the Bills if the Bills have the room for him. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and last but not least, Deshaun Watson is set to make his return this week versus his old team, the Texans. A nice uh, grudge game here. Um, <laughs> he did avoid any non-football questions in his first interview back with uh, the team. Here, he's set to make his debut for the Cleveland Browns. Do you think it's going to go well for him? Well, uh, I don't know. 
that that's the thing. I, I'm 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 looking. To, uh, granted, he's going against the Houston Texans, which is an absolute dumpster fire. So I'm kind of expecting him to turn on the Jets. A because it's the Texans and they suck, but B as you said, it's a grudge match. So he yeah. can take a look at that former Texas. He can take a look at that Texans owner and he can go, "Hey, buddy, you can you can take your you know your racism and shove it." Yeah, uh, you know, and, and you know everybody's gonna yeah. have that that massage stuff at the forefront of their minds. But I think he needs to just focus on playing good ball, and we'll see where it goes from there. Right. Uh, and that is our news around the league. Uh, Alex, we got one more thing, one more uh, bit of business to get into. Um, mm-hmm. And that is our uh, predictions for the upcoming week. Um, we already had our, our Thursday night game happen. The Bills wound up beating the Patriots 24 to 10. We all took Bills across the board in that one. Yep. Uh, and, and right now I don't have Tyler's picks at my disposal, so we'll get those. Uh, I'll wind up getting those from him off the air. But I do have uh, everybody else's picks here, so uh, I'll uh, go ahead and throw those down. Um, but uh, Alex, right now as it stands, uh, you are at one hundred nine seventy and one. Andrew mm-hmm. one hundred seventy nine and one. I am at one hundred thirteen sixty six and one, and Tyler's at one hundred fifteen sixty four and one. So uh, those are our current standings. Tyler in first. I'm in second. You're in third. Andrew's in fourth. And uh, Andrew had himself actually a really good week last week. So we're going to see how this works out. Oh, and Tyler actually just. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get those listed, you know, so we can uh, can, uh, have them at all right. So while while he's while we're getting that put together, I'm going to go ahead and go with the first game of the week. Uh, we're talking about the Packers and the Bears. You know, an age one of the oldest rivalries in the National Football League. Um, Andrew went with the Bears. I am going with the Green Bay Packers. I need to catch up somehow. Yeah. The um, you're you're kind of uh, in an interesting situation. Give me one second here. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark these down. Tyler, go figure. We're always on Tyler time on this show. <laughs> Bastard. He, he sends me these picks, like, literally as we're sitting here. I, I messaged him, like, half hour ago. Like, give me your picks, dude. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, I'm just uh, finishing typing these in. Jeez, um, And there we go. Okay, perfect. So, um, <clears throat> first game of the week. Here are our predictions for Week 13 in the NFL. Uh, Packers and Bears. You said you're taking the Packers here, or are you taking the Bears? I am taking the Green Bay Packers. Like I said, I got everybody else seems to be going Bears, so I'm just uh, you know trying to catch up at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's good that you're taking the Packers. I, Andrew's taking the Bears. Tyler's taking the Bears. <clears throat> I think that there's a a weird thing going on. I don't think the Bears. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bears here. I am because I, I – Justin Fields will be back on the field. I can't believe I just said that. But Justin Fields yep. back on the field, and the Packers' defenses look rough. Uh, they're, they're having a little bit of a QB problem. I'm going ahead with the, the uh, Bears here. So I'm – and uh, Tyler's taking the Bears. Andrew's taking the Bears as well. Uh, next up, Steelers and the Falcons. Uh, you know, I – I got the, mm-hmm. Tyler's got the Steelers here. 
Andrew's got the Steelers here. You've got the Steelers here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Steelers as well. I, I'm looking at this this uh, Falcons team, and you just can't trust them. I think the no. Steelers are starting to get hot. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Steelers here. I mean, it, it, it's Arthur Smith. What are you going to do? If, if he if he decides to give the ball to Drake London, they, they may have a chance. Otherwise, eh. Yeah. Um, next up, we got the Jets and the Vikings. The Jets have been weirdly good. Their defense has been rock solid. Uh, you know, I, it, it's kind of a scary thing. But this Vikings team, there's something about them. I don't know what it is. Andrew might see something that we don't. He took the Jets here, but... Alex, you, myself, and Tyler have all taken the Vikings, correct? We have, uh, and I think uh, the difference maker is going to be whether Justin Jefferson can get out of the grip of Sauce Gardner. Um, yeah. I, I think I think that's going to be a very key matchup to keep an eye on. Uh, also, you know, Kirk just needs to be the Kirk of November. It, it needs to be Kirk Sember, Kirk Vember, uh, and you know, not not so many check down Charlies and happy feet. Uh, yeah, you know, I. I Big, the big X factor in this game is going to wind up being TJ Hawkinson. I think that that uh, they need to get him involved, and they need to get Adam Thielen more involved. Um, if Kirk can do that, that would be uh, a really solid thing for the the old Minnesota Vikings here. Um, next up, we're talking the Jags and the Lions. Uh, you know, Jamison Williams getting getting uh, activated, kind of just. Whew, whew. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. I'm going with the Lions here. Wow. <laughs> I, I, nev- I never thought those words would leave your lips. But then again, I mean, it's the Jaguars we're talking about. Um, I am picking the Detroit Football Lions, you know, even before I found out Jamison Williams was going to be activated. So I'm rubbing my hands in glee uh, to see uh, if Amon Ra and, and Jamison Williams uh, can really, you know, be those two. Uh, they'll be that one-two punch. Yeah, uh, Alex, you are taking the Lions. Andrew's taking the Lions, and Tyler is taking the Jags in this situation. He is going with the the uh, hot hand right now. That is Trevor Lawrence. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, Eagles and the Titans. Uh, you know, I think this one is going to be uh, it'll be a tougher game than a lot of people expect. I'm going Eagles here, though. Um, I mean, just, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, fly Eagles fly. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's it's if Derrick Henry can move the football, we got we're, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a game on our hands. Absolutely. But uh, but Jalen Hurts and uh, Miles Sanders uh, can also move the football, and uh, and they have more wide receivers, so it's no contest. Yeah, uh, I'm going Eagles. Uh, looks like it's Eagles across the board here. Uh, next up, the Browns and the Texans. Kind of an interesting game. Uh, the return of Deshaun Watson. He hasn't played in 700 days. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are telling him that the Texans have looked awful. Mm-hmm. He may very well be purposely tanking. I'm going with the Brownies here. Yep, Cleveland football Browns. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Deshaun Watson plays against his former team. Um, you know, may, may, ha- may have a ripple effect on the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, Andrew and Tyler are also taking the brownies, uh, so there you go. We got we have suddenly the belief in Deshaun Watson. That, that <laughs> well, I, I, I think this is more like against the Texans, to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> Let's get real here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up, Commanders and the Giants could be an interesting game here. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Giants are are sort of due for a W, but at the same time, the Commanders have been hot. 
Alex, you're taking the Giants here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with the Commanders. I, I just think they're they're red hot, and uh, yeah, I, I just I see something here. Yep, and you and you're probably right. You know the the you know Giants could possibly be you know are like starting to show that they're fools gold. Uh, you know the, nothing will expose that more than a uh, division rivalry. Uh, so we'll see about that. Yeah, Andrew went with the uh, the Commanders. Tyler also went with the Commanders. Uh, you know it it just um, I don't know that Tyler Heineke Taylor Heineke hot hand right now is just getting everybody excited. Uh, next up. Broncos and the Ravens. Uh, yeah, this one is sort of a new no-brainer. I mean, everybody's going to take the Ravens here, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's well, especially Kyle Hamilton's back on the field. I mean, that's a big thing. And obviously, you know, it's Russ Wilson and half the team showing up. Only half the team showing up to his birthday party, and you know, him making spam and spaghettios. You know, I think yeah. Yeah, it's Ravens across the board. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, next up, the Dolphins and the Niners. Uh, this one is an exciting. Yep. Um, could, could be a potential Super Bowl clash. Yeah, it could be. Uh, you know, Tyler's going with the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Um, who are you taking? I am taking the Miami Dolphins. Here's the interesting thing. Package, the, the package Andrew Steele is taking the San Francisco 49ers. He is. The cheese stands alone. He's going to go with the, <laughs> the Niners um, yeah, I, I, yeah, this game could go either way because the Niners mm-hmm. is just so damn good, um, and they, they handle everything so effectively over there. It, it, they're nothing to sneeze at, and it's it's kind of Mike McDaniel going back, taking on his, own t- his old team. Uh, uh, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert going over there, taking on their old team. Um, could be a little bit of a, a revenge game for them. I mean, it, this is an interesting thing, but the uh, I'm going Dolphins here, and it looks like the only one that's going Niners is going to be packaged. Um, next up, Seahawks and the Rams. Uh, <laughs> you know, this one I think is a no-brainer. Uh, I'm going Seahawks here. I just am sorry, dumpster fire. Yeah, Seahawks. I mean, it's an it's an injury ward over there. It's just it's it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for a team that just won a Super Bowl. Right. This is probably the worst. Like, if you if you were one of those guys that bought a Detroit Rams shirt, you're probably setting it on fire right now. Oh, yeah. You gotta be, right? You gotta yeah. be. Because, <laughs> like, stand for me to do the Super Bowl, dude. <laughs> my best uh, dip. My sure. best dip impression. The made the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, no. I'm, it's such a fucking mess. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's uh, going to be the Seahawks, and it looks like it's Seahawks across the board. I mean, everybody everybody has a consensus of yeah, these Rams suck. Absolutely. Uh, next up, Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Raiders had a really fun win last week, but I don't think that uh, I don't think that that, that is going to continue. I'm going Chargers here. Yep, I am going with the Chargers as well, although we got to watch out for Josh Jacobs to see if he flips another double bird. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Figuratively or literally. <laughs> everybody else taking the taking the Chargers as well. Uh, I, You know, the Raiders, like I said, exciting win last week, but I don't think that, that luck carries over. I don't think we're going to see another Josh Jacobs 229-yard performance. Um, next up, Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, you know, this one to me, I, I just... It, it, Joe Burrow is 4-0 against the Chiefs. Remember that? He is 4-0. Uh, 
Mm. But at the same time, it's the Chiefs. I feel like it's the safe bet to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, it's it's an exciting game, AFC title matchup, uh, you know, AFC, AFC title rematch. Uh, but you know, as as much as as much as Joe Burrow and the and the and the Bengals are seeming to improve, it's Patty, it's the Patty Mahomes, Travis Kelsey show, and they just got a couple of extra weapons. I don't know if they're going to use them today, but uh, I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go ahead with the Chiefs as well, and so are Tyler and Andrew here. So. Um, next up, Colts and the Cowboys. Uh, Colts are kind of rough around the edges, yeah. uh, and I like the uh, the Cowboys in this game. Me too. I think Dak's gonna, you know, drop a house. Uh, Zeke will drop a house. Micah Parsons will probably, you know, tear Matt Ryan to pieces. Uh, yeah. It's it's just gonna be a mess. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be a, a shit show. And last but not least, Monday Night Football: Saints and Bucks. I feel like the Saints are just kind of uh, a mess. I feel like Tom Brady is finally getting his uh, his footing. I'm going with the Bucs. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, when you gave me that news that that offensive tackle uh, was going to be missing a game due to injury, uh, that made me stop and take pause. Because while Tom Brady is Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things, the fact of the matter is uh, if, he, if you can't protect the quarterback – you know, he's not going to be able to carry that team to victory. So, I initially sent that pick to you. I, I initially picked the Buccaneers. I am changing it. Live on the air, I am going with the New Orleans Saints. Going for the upset. Look at you. Look yep. at you taking a bunch of chances this week. We're going to see if they pay off. Yeah, absolutely. That's a bold prediction there. We'll see if it pays off. But, uh, yeah, and those are our picks. Those are our predictions for... Uh, Week 13 in the NFL. I can't believe it's already week 13. My God. Um, It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's nuts. But uh, before we get out of here, we got to give some shout outs to our sponsors over, uh, first of all, at IYT Massage. It's your time massage. Um, Right now, we've got a uh, buy two, get one special uh, all the way through Christmas and possibly through the end of the new year. Sometimes uh, they extend that. But IYTMassage.com, check it out. Get yourself some gift certificates. Also, get yourself, uh, um, you know, we got they got packages, Swedish deep tissue. They've got all kinds of stuff they can they can do um, over at IYTMassage.com. Or you can check out It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Um, Alex, get yourself a massage, man. You need one. Yeah, at some point I'm going to have I'm going to need one. So let let let's let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Next up, we got Patch Miracle Photography, man. Uh, you know, Patch Miracle, they, they do tremendous uh, wedding photos. They, look, if you're looking for wedding photos, if you're looking for baby photos, if you're looking for maternity photos, if you're looking for engagement photos, if you're looking for uh, uh, to do a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, check it out. Patch Miracle Photography, man. They, they are the absolute best. Andrew and Chantel, they make your special day wonderful. They will make everything about that situation wonderful. You are going to have a wonderful experience with professional photos, patch miracle photography. Check them out. Um, also, face kicked apparel. We got to give a shout out to uh, our boy Sean Stockmeyer and his wonderful wife Lisa. Uh, they're doing amazing work over there. Um, custom hats, shirts, hoodies, pants, anything you name, you pick it. He sticks it over at facekickedapparel.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we want to give uh, a shout-out, first and foremost, to Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Big Willie Dubs over there uh, doing his streaming thing. 
I highly recommend if you are a gamer and you want to check out and they're doing a lot of Warzone stuff over there right now. Um, check out Big Willie Dubs Gaming. He's having all kinds of fun over there with the modern stuff. And one guy that is enjoying the streaming action, too, is our boy over here, the Cannonball. Alex yep, ab- absolutely. Uh, Condor's Gaming Corner. Uh, I'm, you know, I will be posting out some uh, Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone content, but every Wednesday night, you know, the package Andrew Steele, or as I call him, the Cannon, uh, and the Cannonball. <laughs> Uh, uh, do our weekly voice acting series, and we're looking to get that back on track uh, for Wednesdays. Uh, you know, there's a little. It was a little sketchy with with scheduling. Uh, you know, it was it was a little, you know, wishy washy. We did a very special Monday stream on the 28th uh, when we uh, spoiler alert uh, found out that I was 100% cancer free. Uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. So uh, the, that was a special occasion, but we're going to be back to Wednesday nights. Uh, we're incredibly excited. Uh, you know, we're going to keep uh, going down the rabbit hole as far as uh, the Ace Attorney series goes. It's probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, games uh, that I've done this on. And, you know, there will be more projects coming down the road as well. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So check it out, uh, Condor's Gaming Corner. And, folks, that is our show. Uh, we've got a, a pretty uh, exciting day coming up here. I know, uh, like I said, week 13 in the NFL, man. This will be the last time we got to do an early morning Sunday, early Sunday morning recording sesh for a while. I'm I'm actually kind of stoked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. This this uh, late night thing, man. Woo, goddamn. But uh, folks, I want to thank you so much for listening, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me. Hopefully, we'll get Tyler on next week. But uh, yeah, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Ciao. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>